You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. What's up, punters and dribblers? Welcome back to the Thursday podcast for another week. Now, let me I want to let you all in on a secret. We're really hungover right now, and yeah. we weren't gonna there's no way we we're recording a Thursday podcast because as it currently stands, we were out in a boat. Christmas party, ripping and tearing yesterday. My ties and margaritas. My ties, margaritas. Big day rosé. My ties, margaritas. Big day rosé. Boat, sun, swimming, hotness, drunkness, looseness, funness, hungness, looseness, lateness, greatness, partying, Baywatch. Um, so we recorded this episode in anticipation of this day. Now this is a different one, and it's one that we were actually very excited to to do. Uh, world famous drag queen Courtney Act. World famous. World One, famous. One point two million. Big deal. Big deal. Uh, Huge deal. An Australian of note who has gone overseas and done the damn thing. Done it. RuPaul's Drag Race. I think she won Celebrity Big Brother in UK. We actually forgot to get to that. We did. Started off on Idol, but this was a chat. You know, this was a and chat. I, but but also not just Idol, like Nolsey's Nolsey's Guy Sebastian Idol. Yeah, the only Idol that anyone cares about. No disrespect to, I don't know Jessica Malboy who won. I think. <laughs> um, but this was an interesting chat because obviously we were. It started off. We got an Instagram notification where um, Shane is Courtney's. Shane is Courtney, Courtney is Shane. Courtney is Shane, they're the same people. Um, but Shane, uh, Courtney Act's Instagram was like, we saw it and it was like, oh, I'm listening to this podcast, Hello Sport, as I study, as I'm like doing research for this uh, thing on masculinity we're doing. Now, that obviously meant a lot to us to be called masculine. I think the word alpha was thrown around. Thrown around, around which as was, well. Which was probably too much, but it was said. If, but it was said and it felt right. Now, that's how we became uh, pals with Courtney. And then it went from there. Then we were asking for well. Then we started talking about like grinder and how it seems like if you're gay, grinder seems like an absolute fucking field of flowers to run through and just fuck everything, every flower you can see. Basically, yeah. Courtney then reached out and said, "Happy to give you any more info you need." It's a florist. Now we're on a podcast together. But we also spoke about a lot of things that it, the the nice thing about this Eddie was that Courtney was like, "No dumb questions. Ask anything you want." Because you're going to get dumb questions from you and I yeah. in regards to Everything. drag queens. Drag and queens, that whole world. gender, yep. pronouns. We're doing our best out here. We're what just, do you, you know, like, what do you do with your fucking, your penis and your testicles when you're out there on stage? Talk, on let's show? talk tucking. Let's, let's talk, talk tucking. Talking tucking with Tom, Nady and Courtney. That's exactly right. And we talk tucking. We did talk tucking. And I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a professional at Tucker now, but I, I know a little bit about Tucker. More I than reckon you. you and I, well, way more than you losers, but also I reckon I could tuck you, you could tuck me, I could tuck myself. There's an element to tucking. I'm not going to reveal it here in the intro, but there's an element to tucking that I... Tucking is way more hectic than you think it is. You've got no idea about tucking. Let me you think you, you know tucking? You don't know tucking. You don't know Unless tucking. you tuck already. Unless you, listen, if, already, if we're speaking to tuckers, then obviously this isn't for you. Yeah. I mean, it's for you, but it's not for you because you already know how to talk. Anyway, uh, Courtney Act, punters and dribblers, enjoy. We really enjoyed it. Shout out to Courtney. So, for, like, off the top, how's your heel walking? My heel walking is yeah. superior. It is? It's yeah. elite? It's a lead? Elite. It's elite. It is elite. I think it is. Yeah. Because it started when I was 18 and I started, we would wear these, like, stripper heels, like eight-inch Fredericks of Hollywood Heels, mm. and you learn to walk pretty fast in those if you're on concrete. Because you just fuck your ankles up. Yeah, 
Or your face or your knees well, yeah, or everything, right? Whatever. Um, so I think my hill walking is pretty good. So when do you, how does a, I guess like from a, the drag side of things, mm-hmm. obviously I assume you, and again, let's start with this. We might ask some dumb questions, right? Like you yes. know, we say you were saying on uh, DMs before, but I think this is like a nice space to be able to like ask dumb questions. I feel like one day they will reference this conversation in the history books as the beginning of the great healing. Yes. The, the coming together of like alpha male heterosexuality and queerness. Yes. And I feel like this is like a like an olive branch, a reaching of the chasm. Because yeah. yeah. like I, I think about this a lot. I, I don't have any straight friends, straight male friends. Right. Okay. I, don't, I haven't known any since high school. Mm. Mostly in the beginning, that was for personal safety reasons. But mm. you know, it's a modern new world. Yes. Mm. Um, and I've and I know that there are quite a lot of good straight blokes out there. The only straight identifying men that I know are the ones that I sleep with while stressed like this. <laughs> <laughs> and several of them are yeah. professional athletes. Oh, um, is that right? And I, I, yeah. I find it really fascinating because I think like I think about like this gay straight dichotomy and I just think like the world is a little bit more nuanced and complex than that Mm, mm. and so there's these guys who are like culturally straight like they they everything about them is like straight in fact one of them is how I came to be on this podcast because I was putting together this masculinity pitch idea for something and I wrote a bunch of blokes down like Tony Armstrong and Hamish Blake and I was like, what do you think of this bunch of blokes? And as I sent it to him, I was like, he's not going to lie. These, these men are part of the problem. They are the woke left agenda. And he said, no, 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 you need to talk to the blokes at Hello Sport. And then he gave me a list of other people who I've never heard of. Like, a, they're all very famous in your world, but yeah. I had no idea. It'd be my, like me saying, you know, Sharon Needles or Tess Tickle or yeah. Bianca Del Rio. Yeah. So Tess Tickle I haven't heard no, of. No, but I'm a big fan of the, of the name, yeah. the game. Yeah. I've yeah. got to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, and so I, I sort of was – I was listening to your podcast mm. and I was like, there's something about this that actually reminds me of a bunch of drag queens hanging out together <laughs> but just with very different subject matter. Yes. And I thought, I think at the end of the day, we're all just – Mm. Blokes, a lot more similar ripping than we each are other. Different. Yeah, exactly. Like weirdly, shit and just like it's more just about the subject matter, right? Yeah, you're talking about different kinds of balls. <laughs> yes, exactly. And Although we do we talk d- about balls quite a bit. We talk about dicks and balls so much. Oh, no, actually. It, it, it's. I think it's a fascination of the human mind. To mm. be honest, dicks. Balls, vagina. I so think like also more so for men, though. The like male human mind. The male human yeah. mind. Dicks, balls, bums. They, it, it, every podcast we do, several times, in fact, like it, it, it just finds its way in there. Mm. Not by design, it just pops up. It's just we, we are preoccupied. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think like sometimes I feel sorry for straight men. You know, I, I, I'm not going to quite lean into the masculinities under attack uh, idea of the, mm. the tates of this world, but I, I think like I know – how a man's mind thinks. And I've been, I was living in London, I remember being on the tube, this like handsome guy hopped on the tube. And then I just went through a whole like um, Ali McBeal like fantasy of like what I would do to this man on the tube. And I'm like, <laughs> this is why, this is the poor straight blokes. Like, cause this is what they're thinking when they see women, mm. but there's such a power dynamic difference mm. that you get into all sorts of problems. Well, completely. It's funny as well, even just like in the way that we will sit here and break down how attractive a football player is, right? And mm-hmm. there are plenty. Mm. 
But like, you just can't do the same thing with a woman because it just feels wrong. Yeah. It feels like, because then I can be like, holy fuck, how hot is that chick over there? But you can't be sitting there going like, you're some prominent female athlete or actress or anything like that. You they can't, can't, get the you can't go there. Treatment. The what? The, the Reese Walsh, Walsh treatment. No, or the Who's Ruben Garrick. Or the Ruben Garrick, who, you know. Was that the, what, the, uh, what did it say? Uh, erectile dysfunction cure? Is that that person? Yes, that's Ruben. Yeah. That was Ruben, Ruben, uh, Ruben training. Yeah, who's a who's a gorgeous Manly Seagulls player. We're both big Manly Seagulls fans. Yeah. And so he gets a lot of airtime on the podcast. Yeah. But Tom's right. You can't just sit there and, and you know, give a two-minute sort of rundown on how gorgeous. You know what you can do? You can do that to me. Correct. You can give a two-minute rundown. Thus, and thus, the, thus the healing. Yeah, thus the healing. <laughs> I'm sort of like a glamorous stepping stone across the pond to a better world. <laughs> And I'm unoffendable, so feel free to ask any stupid questions. Good. And I'll tell you if they're stupid, I'll tell yes. you why they're stupid, and then I'll explain to you how to ask better questions in the future. Love it. Well, that's, that's nice. Off yeah. the top. Off with my top. Only a few sips into my tequila. Off, off the off. top. Pronouns. Mm -hmm. So when we were talking about you coming in, it was he, it was she, it was they, and yeah. we weren't – and, like, I know in your bio, I think – on Instagram, it, it has says he, she, they, which he, probably she, they. makes it even more confusing. It does, right? Like, it does make it confusing. But it was more about going like, fuck, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't, yeah. don't want to, like, you know. Yeah. I think for lots of people, I mean, pronouns are important. Like, if people constantly called you she, you'd be like, what are you? I'm not a she. I'm a he. Mm. Um, for me, when I'm in drag, I like she. When I'm out of drag, I like he. They is like a good old rounder. Right. Um, I find like in meetings when if if I'm like in a like a creative meeting with other people, sometimes they'll either refer to if I'm that out of drag as Shane, they'll refer to straight men will refer to Courtney in the third person because mm. they have to compartmentalize that like <laughs> the woman they think is glamorous is not this guy sitting in front of them. Yes, but then often people will just like use a they uh, because it's like. And someone was like, oh, because it's Shane and Courtney. There's two. It's they. And I'm like, no, but if that's if how that's it works right. in your head, then fine. Um, so, yeah, I like she pronouns like this. Um, but for me, I'm very like – I don't really care. Like I'm not – I'm weirdly – I know I look feminine, but I feel like I'm not pretending to be a woman. I'm not um, sort of saying that I have the experience of a woman. I have some insights because I know how men in particular will treat me differently regardless of how uh, – Men will treat me differently depending on how I'm dressed. Mm. Um, but when it comes to pronouns, yeah, I think I like I, I, I like she like this. But I've noticed that when people ask and I say, oh, whatever you like, then they're like, no, I need boundaries. Yeah, I need yeah, boundaries. Yeah. Just tell me what to say. <laughs> Seriously. So I just say like she. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's cleared things up. Yeah. Especially yeah. for us because yeah. we, it was, we were a little bit confused. We didn't want to offend you, obviously. But she at the moment. If it looks like a she. Yeah. Then go with that. Yeah. You were saying before you noticed how people treat you differently when you're Shane versus Courtney. Mm. Like, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I emailed saying, I was thinking like, do I come in drag or out of drag? I think in drag and you were like, yeah, in drag, in drag. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, um, I think as Shane, and this is part truth, part uh, like post-traumatic stress from high school mm. um, and like a, a time gone by where I think as Shane, I have no power here. Like I feel like when there's two straight blokes talking about straight men thing, I'm just kind of like, if I'm out of drag, I'm like, hi. And, and like you'd still notice it in different dynamics where 
if you're like if I'm working, I mean, even in entertainment industry, I'm on a tele- TV set and there's like straight men. There's a straight man and I'm talking to the straight man. Mm. They're obviously lovely and respectful. But then if another straight man comes in, I then become the sort of second fiddle. Right. Um, or like you kind of see the dynamics shift. Whereas as Courtney, like this, I at least know that like whilst I'm not necessarily uh, every person's cup of tea, I, was, I still acknowledge that I look like a pretty feminine person, which straight men are very visual creatures. Men mm. are very visual creatures. Mm. And so you've sort of got – I've got one up on you dressed like this because mm. you're sort of just a little bit dumber because oh, yeah. you've only got enough blood yeah. to run either your <laughs> brain or your penis <laughs> at yeah. the same you time. You can't be running both. Well, you can't time. run them both at the same no, time, absolutely. which is where men have slipped up historically. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Evolutionarily. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we, the cave people should have thought about this. Yeah. They should have had enough blood over the years. Yeah. That's a poor yeah. evolutionary decision. There's been some shockers played oh, through, throughout the history of man. That's yeah. for damn sure. Do you think that the drag queen interest you have is partly a to is partly because of that shift in dynamic, like the way you felt around other men? Like, is it something that it gives you a bit more confidence generally when you are? I think there's certainly an element of opportunism uh, to my drag, but I think really the thing that I love about drag is. When I was 18 and I was a feminine guy, there wasn't really a place for me. That was the year 2000. There wasn't really a place for me to express my femininity. Mm. Growing up, I went to like a theatre school after school. And so like we were all kind of, we were all almost like genderless. We were just kids having a great time. Mm. And then sort of when you, when you grow up a bit, you sort of are forced to pick sides. Mm. And I did always enjoy the feminine stuff. But in the year 2000, there wasn't really a place for that. And then I got to Sydney, realised I like guys, was going to drag shows and they were like they were like the the, the the celebrities, the local celebrities in a world before Instagram and Facebook and the only place you could hear about a celebrity was in a men's woman's weekly. Men- <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've done your research. Yes. Very good. When you're fingering, Very good. fingering through the glossies yeah. is the only place that you could really get information about a celebrity. So the drag queens were like the local celebrities. Mm. And I was like, that looks like fun. And then I started doing drag and I realised that I got to like just be me. Mm. Weirdly, I think when I'm in drag, I get to express myself more honestly, um, particularly over the years. Now out of drag, I'm a lot more authentically me. But for a long time, I always felt... Like it wasn't okay for boys to be feminine and it wasn't okay mm. for girls to be masculine. But now I've kind of owned that and I'm like, yeah, flying my, flying my flag. Flying my flaming flag. Flaming flag. <laughs> Love that. How, what's the drag community like? Are you friends? Is there like, are there enemies there? Does it, is it competitive? Is it All of the above. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because I lived in Los Angeles for 10 years. I was on RuPaul's Drag Race in the United States. 10 years ago. Yeah, which is like a for people that don't like know. The World Cup. It might shock you that some of our audience don't know what that is. No, but no, I understand. It's like the big fucking drag show in the world, right? Yeah. So like what's the biggest sporting thing in the world? Would it be like the like the soccer World Cup but for drag? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I mean the they said it's like the Olympics, the Olympics of drag. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and so RuPaul is a drag queen yes. who had a hit in the 90s with the work, turn it to the left, work, turn it to the right. Um, and then had this show called Drag Race. It started about 15 years ago. I was on season six. It's just like grown and grown and grown mm. from like being on some shitty cable channel to like being on MTV and VH1. And it's all around the world. It's on Netflix. It's on Stan in Australia. Um, and so that show is like 
huge and it's got an audience all around the world and so there's like this community of drag queens who have been on tv Mm. um who have like big fan bases and we sort of see each other at gigs all around the world Mm. and there's a real sisterhood in that um and then there's like the local drag community who sometimes resent the girls who have been on tv because they get more opportunities but then we try and sort of lift them up and sort of say support local drag in sydney i haven't really been a part of the drag scene for years but that was very much like my family from the year 2000 till I moved to the US in 2010. And like, Mm. it was kind of like, I imagine kind of like a bit like sport where you've got like your teammates, you're working at like the midnight shift on a Friday night and these are your your cast mates. And then there's like the people who work at the Imperial in the West and like there's like a a rivalry between the two of you or the, the groups of you. Like we were called the New Millennium Drag and we were sort of like, feminine and like like a music video and they were like the old school kind of Priscilla drag and they would say that we had beige faces and beige personalities real bitchy yeah we called them robo drag like it was all (laughs) the same sort of like rivalries yes Um, but then also you'd be in a dressing room with like me who's like who was like 18 and then someone who's like 40 and someone who's 60 and there's this real intergenerational sort of sharing of like stories and history and um, and knowledge and skills like mm. how to glue down a wig or glue down your eyebrows <laughs> or <laughs> how to wear. Most drag queens will wear like three pairs, uh, uh, like really thick tights, like mm. a couple of pairs of those, mm. and then uh, a pair of fishnet stockings and then a pair of sheer stockings over that because they've got like hairy man legs. Like if you were to do drag, if you didn't want to shave your legs, yeah. you would need to wear several layers of pantyhose. I just go for a. You've gone the nice smooth. Can I ask? So this we, would be unacceptable. Is, or are there any hairy drags? Like, is there Look, a space there, for that? There is no rules in drag, and okay. that is the point. Okay. But <laughs> sometimes, but, but am I going to win? Am I going to win the? You're not going to win drag race. No, okay. I'm not going to win mean, drag race. It, this is the thing. Sometimes you're like. You're actually just being lazy, and then sometimes yeah. you're like, "Oh, this is a deliberate choice, and I respect your choice." And I respect it, but like, we can respect everyone's choices here. But we can say, like, "Listen, if you're gonna try and win a drag comp, like, yeah. hairy legs yeah. is gonna do it." Yeah. How do we? Are you a veet mousse operator? Are you a shaver? Are you a waxer? Laser hair Laser. removal. Yeah. Genius. From I heard someone sometimes, you know, when you're listening to a podcast, you. Um, I don't know who's Tom and who's Eddie when you're talking in my ears yet. But no, that's all right. Uh, someone here did someone did someone here have laser recently? I've had someone? laser. Yes. Okay. I've not had laser. Back. Back. Mm. Did laser. we even? I don't even. Is that, that's the first time this is you announcing your laser. Well, it's just well, come I knew up. no, I know. <laughs> I don't know how you knew. I don't I just, like. No, if, I had it. I had it. Simple that's as that. Funny. I'm just because his missus, his missus, like my I don't missus know added it to. She Tom had, added it to me, and like not that I care, but I just thought it was funny because again, in the world where you need to constantly have something on the other person because they're always give, we're always giving each other shit. Mm. Eddie hiding the fact that he was getting lazy. Well, I didn't, hiding. Uh, well, no, no, no. I think it was a secret. That's a punch. Well, it wasn't a secret. It came up organically because I admitted that I can't fucking get massage massages because I'm so ticklish. And then Ella was like, "Yeah, like when you got lazy yesterday." I'm like, "Yeah, like that." It was fucked. So lying by omission. Yeah, exactly. But it was good. To find how did I know? Well, that? which is different. Yeah, I'm not well, sure. it's obviously you're like your drag I'm picking sense, up on like, it. Yeah, yeah. Senses. You I'm a soothsayer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure I heard. I, uh, well, listen, you I must have. You've picked up on it through the ether, through the ether. Because he's also a hairy man. So if either one of us is going to get drag, it would be, uh, drag get laser. Get it laser. would be it would be Eddie. Punters and dribblers. Today's episode brought to you by Good Day. 
the fastest selling multivitamin of all time. Do I have data to back that up? No, I don't. That's a vibe-based thing. Big shout out to the the dribblers that are already uh, on it. It's it's changing lives. I think 207 reviews, five star, all of them at begoodhealth.com.au. If you need uh, to hear it straight from the dribbler's mouth, go and read them because it's been described multiple times as life-changing. As we explained last week, we are currently uh, taking pre-orders only as we are out of stock because it's sold way quicker than anyone could have possibly expected, which we fucking love you all for. We are taking pre-orders. It'll be back in stock later this month, and if you are a subscriber, you will be getting the goods you have not been forgotten about. Begoodhealth.com.au, code dribbler for 20% off. We love ya. Punters and Dribblers podcast is always brought to you by the betting platform of choice over here, and that is Neds. Neds, baby. Neds. That's it. Number one in Australia, in our opinion, nay the world, nay the universe, nay the multiverse. Now, if you want to follow Tom and I and our mate Guru and our mate Sebo, I mean, I think Tobler's on there, but who cares about that? The Profiles tab, Ed, it's uh, an innovation by Neds where you can go and you can see what people are betting on. It is essentially accountability in app form. Well, it's accountability personified. Correct. Uh, there's also obviously the About Even group in there where everyone's sharing their own bets, giving each other shit, having a laugh, having a chuckle, having a Paul Rahihi. That's a rugby league reference that some may not get. But no, some I liked it. Now, you win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Buy a six-pack of Big Day Rosé at hellosport.shop. What are we doing month of May? Because we are working our way through the remainder of the, uh, the most recent vintage. Got a couple left that we want to get rid of before we then turn all of our attention to the end of the year. Just feeling generous, Tom. We're feeling generous, and it's, a, it's, it's sale time. We just thought, fuck it. If you buy a case and you use the code MANLY, you get 50 bucks off the case. There if you, you buy go. two cases, you get 100 bucks off. Yep. You get what I'm trying to say? Go to hellosport.shop. Bang, rosé on there, code manly, 50 bucks off a case. Pretty fucking generous if you ask me. But we love the punter and we love the dribbler. And we're just like, let's get this vintage out there to the people that want it most. Let's get it in the gullets of the nation. That's right. Gull it up. I had a horrible night's sleep last night because all of my dreams were like this, us talking on the podcast. Oh, really? But it was sort of like... (sighs) Sort of like, not traumatic, but like <laughs> dramatic dreams of yeah, the right. podcast. Maybe mm. it came through then. And what, maybe it, what, but what are the dreams like? It, it not going well or like? No, I think in a weird way, like, because I've, I've been like investigating this masculinity project that I'm working on and I've been looking into like different podcasts, like men's podcasts mm. and like watching documentaries and reading books and I'm sort of immersing myself I think like I had a complicated relationship with gender growing up and I sort of embraced the feminine and now I'm ready to to go back and like look at the masculine and see what are the good bits of masculinity that I missed out on because I was too busy running in the opposite direction. Right, okay. And so I was kind of excited for this chat because I feel, uh, you know, highly recommended from a professional rugby player. Yeah, thank you. Um, and Who, you know. 
who obviously you will may, remain may nameless. Uh, no, I've definitely slept with. <laughs> uh, uh, but like, I'm extremely discreet uh, because obviously I want to continue uh, my sleeping with to these blokes mm. not just him but you know, anyone who's listening slide into my yeah, dm yeah. like yeah, consider this. i will be your experiment i know <laughs> yeah. that some people don't like that but um and you promise to be discreet so yes. if anyone's listening sort of like discretion assured you know mm. yeah and you talk we, there was a, a a a real well on an episode you were talking about grinder yes and the the wonders of well, just the wonder i think as well one of the things that sort of similarly to what you were saying was like you know, the way that you are undressing this man, Ali McBeal style on a train, the way that men just can't help, like whether you're straight or not, it doesn't matter, right? Like you just can't help your mind sort of going in that direction. Yeah. Knowing the sort of like sexual appetite a male has and then just knowing like that if if you were just, if it was guys on guys, it's kind of just like- Even playing field. Even playing field, everyone's as keen that's as the how other. We, that's how we That's how we of, imagine That's how it. we think about it and like- the amount of times I've heard mates of mine or me, my, you know, even myself with Tom just be like, be fun to be gay. Like it just would be. It's really fun. It would be. You know why? It's not just that you get to root around <laughs> without consequence. Mm -hmm. It's that there's a freedom. I mean, look, gay men can be bad at like prescribing certain behaviours and body ideals and expectations like anybody can. And we all grew up in the same world where we learnt um, – uh, we, we like gay men often have like shame about their identity because like we weren't people that we saw on television or, mm. or around when we were growing up and there's sort of a bit of a stigma sometimes even still about like being gay particularly dare I say in sport where mm. there's well there's no gay well, you just don't you just don't see it really no, do there's you? no out AFL players there's one out soccer player there's in one historic there's one NRL player who who like uh, historically came out while he was playing? I think Ian Roberts. Yeah. No, he came out after. Was it after? Yeah. But he's the he's the only one. He's like to, the only one. Yeah, and that was in the nineties. And, and it's then like an NBL player, Isaac Humphrey. Isaac Chris yeah. Yeah. I know. Isaac. But statistically, yeah. there's got to be heaps, yeah. right? And that's the thing is, I'm like, so there's obviously still a stigma around it, and so we all grew up in that world, and mm. and we 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 pick up on those things, and so um, I think that like gay men sometimes can be judgmental, like have internalised homophobia about certain stuff. But generally speaking, I ha I think, not knowing the lifestyle of a straight man or the social pressures, but I think that like there's just a freedom in being gay or queer or bi where you like, you don't have to, you don't, you can do whatever you want, but you don't have to get married. You don't have to have kids. You don't have to. There's none of those societal conventions. Yeah. You don't have you to know. like act a certain way. Yeah. You yep. can get laser hair removal and tell your friends freely. Mm. Um, and you can, <laughs> you know, there's like these, there's like, I think a certain like freedom about being gay. And I, I think about like how challenging it was when I was younger and mm. being like, this is horrible. I wish it wasn't this way. And now I'm just like, oh, I think being straight would just be horrible. <laughs> I think you guys have got it real tough. <laughs> yeah, no, we do. You know what? You know what? We're we do. Paul, Paul, men. Fucking hell, it's tough. But it's like That's it's like just, a cage. You live in a cage. Thinkish. Yeah, we do. But you built yourselves. But like you didn't build. Like the men, the straight <laughs> yeah, men, the men of that yesteryear. Came before us. Mm. And I think you two are sort of dismantling it slowly, which I appreciate. Well, that's good. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, it's again not by design either. But I just think maybe you know. Modern men, aren't we? Are times yeah. are changing. I think you're modern sure. men, but you're like modern men who are still blokes. Mm. Like, because I'm like, 
Well, we've got friends that are gay that weren't that like weren't gay when we first met them, right? And then and aren't your quintessential, you know, uh, the way you would flaming paint, homosexual. Flaming homosexuals. Yeah. Thank you. Well, the easiest way to, uh, sometimes I think about it is like you couldn't pick it, yeah, if you didn't know. Yes, you know I don't have I mean? a, and well, and our gay are not not what it should be. Well, Didn't I mean, coming. but on the on the on a on a scale, if I can use that of like yeah. overtly flaming homosexual. flaming yeah. homosexual, yeah. I mean, exhibit you know, A. You're you're a you're, you're a really easy pick, yeah. and then there's <laughs> and then there's the other end where yeah. you just can't tell at all unless you knew, right? Which are the blokes that I'm putting my Bruton wig on and yes. having a romp around? Yes, them. yes. <laughs> yeah. But I think that was one of the things that it was like just growing up was quite a good eye opener of going like that. Gay men aren't. Uh, there's just gay men are just can be also like stereotypically uh, masculine. Yeah. And I think that maybe like historically the ones who weren't stereotypically masculine, like me, I, I, I had no choice. Mm. Like I couldn't well, you always be in a very, closet. Yeah. My yeah. hips swished from a young age. I remember my <laughs> uncle saying, Shane, quit walking on your tiptoes like a fairy. And I was like <laughs> seven. Like that's before the yeah. – I didn't know what gay was. Yeah. Can't help it. Yeah. And often actually a lot of the things that you're – picked on for in say high school like when you called a faggot or a poofter mm. uh, not because you're having sex with blokes it's more actually about how you're presenting your gender so it, I didn't really know in high school that I liked guys and it was more that I was just sort of like feminine so the association of like gay with feminine is something we've had historically but actually like men who like men and it's not just gay or straight like there's the whole bisexual pansexual mm. Or the get out of jail free term that I like to give to men who I have coitus with afterwards, like that 60 seconds after you've ejaculated and you're not thinking about sex mm. and they're like, you get some clarity. Mm. Does this make me gay? Mm. Well, I'm not gay, but, and you're like, no, I, what did you, do you like women? Yeah. Do you like vaginas? Yeah. Well, you, you're not gay. And they're like, oh, thank, oh, thank God. <laughs> and I'm like, None taken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, then, and then I'm like, but you're also not straight. Yeah. Yes. And they're like, oh. <laughs> and then I say, what about like heteroflexible? Heteroflexible. Like, like that. Yeah, like I hetero, like but, flexible. but flexible. Yeah, I get that. I'm an athlete. Yeah. I can yeah. Yeah, touch my toes and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that a lot of it has to do with the wording because there's this like gay straight thing and there's association of like what gay means and mm. maybe it's like, you know. Mardi Gras, feminine, flaming, yeah. and so on. But I think there's probably lots of blokes in the sport world who might have attractions to men, to women, to trans women, to people of all genders. But because there's only two options, because they're like, well, I live this straight life. I definitely like women. But then there's like, if they're attracted to men, they're like, well, I'm not gay. And you're like, no, well, you can be more than just gay or straight. Mm. You can be bisexual, heteroflexible. Heteroflexible. Does it feel like... I don't know if responsibility is the right word. What What is the feeling like then when you're dealing with these people who are, I guess, confused or uncomfortable yeah. with where they're at and but they clearly have the desire and the urge to go and explore it but then uh, as soon as it's done, they're like, you know, they're back to wigging out again? Yeah. Like what's that whole – Honestly, it's kind of my kink. Oh, okay. Like I really love – I I've always loved – I remember maybe it's not an Australian Idol – Maybe before, but I, yeah, I went fuck, along to Idol. There's a lot of in your – we'll get to that as well, but sorry, carry yeah, on. Yeah, 2003, 20 years ago, I went along to Australian Idol auditions. The first season, Guy Sebastian, Nolsey, 
Go the so front. On. Uh, I was singing lo- together the other day. I yeah. saw a nice reunion. Fucking yeah. Powerful stuff. At the Opera House. Uh, I went along as Shane out of drag. I got knocked back. So I went back the next day in drag as Courtney and I made it through. Did they know that? Like, were they aware? No. Yeah, not until uh, Dicko said... Uh, not until they had said yes to me as Courtney and then it was sort of all revealed. Um, but um, I think from then and like being on Idol, so many like opinions and reactions where people were like, oh, I used to think this and now I think this. Like my my opinions and my ideas have been evolved because you helped me understand something differently. And so I think that also transfers to the bedroom where there's like – and like it's also opportunistic like – hot blokes mm-hmm. um so i sort of i really quite enjoy like the psychoanalysis that comes after sex where you're yeah, sort right. of talking them through it and i don't see it as a responsibility i feel like i'm just changing the world one straight identifying man at a time <laughs> one hetero flexible yeah how, exactly how yeah. Uh, common is it to come across a hetero flexible man well, this versus the- like an out and and gay man or a closeted gay man who is clearly gay but isn't out yet. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to yeah, say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I have a very skewed version of statistics because obviously like... You're on the front lines. I'm on the front line. <laughs> I'm in the trenches. <laughs> I'm fighting the war. Uh, like if you're attracted to somebody who's feminine and has a penis, you've kind of won the lotto with me. <laughs> I, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Far be it from me to toot my own horn. Um, but like, so Grinder, interestingly, there's a, there's like a, I guess like a corner of Grinder, which I refer to as Lady Grinder, which is the same app, but you have like different settings. And so I've got like a Courtney profile on Grinder where I've selected like, I think it's like cross dresser, like different sort of things. And that mm. version of Grinder is just all blank profiles because no right? one's got photos. And then your inbox is just like gang banged with like, dick pics and like messages and there's all of these blokes who are like closeted and it's kind of it's weird because like there's something kind of unfortunate about a guy who might not feel comfortable being himself because of internalized homophobia biphobia whatever and the first point of contact they have with this community is kind of almost like the thing that they the 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 thing that they might like despise or load the most about like, like you might think, oh, the gays, they're all about sex. And then you download Grindr and you're just going to get a whole bunch of dick pics and hole yeah, pics in your inbox. Yeah, and you're yeah. going to be like, or like guys offering you money or like all sorts of like, it's kind of like the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, it's right. the most sort of, I guess it's just a hyper-sexualized thing. Yeah. Of, like of any yeah. uh, persuasion. Yeah. Not the more normal, like you can just be a gay person and in your life. Yeah. And so I think then these guys who might be like, a bit resistant to exploring the lifestyle, like, oh, this is gross. Oh, I'm gross because I'm one of them. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like, in that world, it just seems like all blokes are... are, are just full-blown horn bags. Full-blown horn bags. And any hole's a goal. Um, and I think that... I don't know what the percentages are. Like, I mean, I know the actual, like, statistics is mm. are interesting. Like, there was a YouGov survey where they asked everybody are you gay or straight? And 10% of people said they were gay, 90% said they were straight. But then when you asked maybe a better question and you said, are you attracted to people of the opposite sex or of a different sex to your own, then like the percentage has shifted a little more. Mm. Then they asked a question that was like, 
Um, do you think that you could be attracted to or fall in love with somebody of the opposite sex? Like, if like, do you think it's possible that someone came along that you could fall in love with and they're of the opposite sex? And I think it was like 50-something percent, like over half of Jesus. the people said, oh, if they were the right person. like why? It's like finding out like God exists. I'm an atheist. But if somebody mm-hmm. was like, if God was there, I'd be like, well, I guess I'm not an atheist anymore. Yeah. I guess you are real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so I think it was interesting to see that, like, when you asked better questions that you kind of got to unpack sexuality mm. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, like, they say that, like, around 10% of people are gay and lesbian, but then they say that the largest percentage of the LGBTQ plus community are bisexual people, mm. but okay. they're the least represented. Um, and I just think that, like, I feel like going forward, like unpacking, I think the TikTok generation are a bit more um, like free and easy with their Mm. sexuality. Like it's not so much like gay and straight. There's Mm. a bit of like, oh, I like guys, I like girls, I like people in between. This may be another dumb question coming up. Go for it. The the LGBTQ plus. plus. You got the I as well. Is it an I? There's I th- an I. Yeah. LGBTQIA+. Oh, that's what I was... I almost was going to say an A, but I wasn't... It's an ever-growing list of letters a little bit. Yeah. But is there a part of it where, like, gay, which in my understanding encompasses men and women, mm-hmm. is sort of like a separate thing, and then trans and whatever the rest of those letters represent, respectfully, is sort of like something else? Or, like, is it kind of you're lumping a shitload of people into one thing it's kind of like we're like not straight whether like the not straight not uh like heteronormative community Mm. in a way right so it back in the days it was like the gay mardi gras then Mm. it was the gay and lesbian mardi gras then it was like and there's like term lgbtqia plus and i think to a lot of people they're like they're just trying to get their Starbucks order right, not trying to understand the whole alphabet mm. and what the acronyms are. Mm. But the interesting thing is I think like um, – I like the term queer because queer is sort of like an umbrella term for anyone who's like not straight. Right. Um, it, and, and it can include gender. It can include sexuality. Um, and just as an explainer, like sexuality is who you're attracted to Mm. And gender is like how you see yourself. So you're both, I'm assuming, straight men. Mm. So your gender is a man, like you, that's how you identify and you feel. Mm. And then your sexuality is straight. And so um, I think that like that the acronym with the trans and um, like bisexual is obviously gay, bi, lesbian, they're sort of all sexuality related trans is gender related but there's a lot of intersections and cross sections where gender and sexuality sort of do meet and overlap and trans people are like two percent of the population so they're a very small community and so i think it was about solidarity of all saying like well we're all like not quite accepted by heteronormative society so let's um be stronger together to quote hillary clinton um (laughs) (laughs) that didn't go well but um hopefully it will for us and do you want some more we got some pineapple juice over there as well so letters like i intersex is not that you're intersex is intersex as in like you are a man and a woman uh you're a man and a woman genetically as kind in, of intersex is that you're born with um, v- 
variant characteristics of what it is to be male and what it is to be female. Right, okay. So <clears throat> uh, the gender, the sex markers are your chromosomes, yep. your external sex organs, your penis, your vagina, your internal sex organs, your ovaries, your testes, well, they're kind of on the outside. They're hanging out. They're hanging out. Um, they've come from within. They've come within, from within. They're probably still, they've got a, they can go straight back they in can. as well. They can. When you blow, that's where they are. And that's <laughs> they how go you, in. That's how you tuck in drag. You push your testicles back up inside you and you pull your penis Get between your legs. Fucked. Which guys are always like, Whoa! I thought you just sort of tucked it, your sack back. No, because imagine sitting on your balls. How well, no, painful that's a would good that point. be? That's great. But how do you get them back inside? When you, you ejaculate, there, <laughs> next time you ejaculate, yep. if your missus the is there, just be like, hang on a minute. And your, your nuts are up inside. You can feel there's like two little bumps. There, where your testicles go back they up go inside back you. Up. Yeah. Get and when fun. you're cold, when you're scared, yeah. or when you just naturally push them up there. Um, Does it hurt to push them in? No, not at all. It would be much more uncomfortable to pull them back between your legs. However, True. on the subject of tucking, I also increasingly think, fuck the tuck. I, mm. I'm like, I'm not... It's like a free the nipple movement. Kind of like, like free the nipple. Like I know, I, this, this might be a bit nuanced or confusing, but like I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to be a woman. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know that I'm a drag performer. I love expressing femininity. I love costume. I love performance. But even beyond just being on stage, I also like feminine things. And so like I don't wear boobs anymore. I used to wear boobs, mm. and there came a point where I was like, I feel like, like strapping on boobs feels like I'm like pretending to be a woman mm. where I was like I'm actually just sort of like being me I guess mm. it's like you chose to wear these outfits today these shoes these hats like if you're going to work you'd wear something different mm. and like this is just how I'm choosing to express myself with fashion mm. um, and so and then when it comes to like the tuck historically there's always been this like you had to have like a flat smooth. a flat smooth tuck that that men would look at and be like, where did it go? <laughs> convince me. Convince, yeah. And now since I've stopped wearing, like again, in like boardroom meetings, like that TV things and stuff, mm. one of the first things like a straight man will say is like, so I've noticed that you don't wear boobs. And so it's like a woman from here up and like a bloke from here down. And... It's funny because that's a really revealing statement because I'm like, you've been thinking about, What's you've been sexualizing me and wondering about, which is natural. I'm not shaming anyone. No. Um, but then when it comes to the tuck, I kind of like this idea of fuck the tuck. Like it's, I, I know that I have a penis and I uh, uh, like having that shame about like not having a flat, smooth tuck mm. is also, yeah, if you want to look good in a swimsuit and you have a penis, it requires adhesives. Mm. It requires two kinds of tape for me. There's a, right. a paper surgical tape that Fuck you sort of bind your scrotum and your penis up with. You do, well, you're sort of like wrapping them together. Yeah, like mummifying them. Fuck. And then there's another tape that's like a clear vinyl tape that's made for holding tiles on the sides of buildings while the glue dries. <laughs> That you then Jesus. sort of pull it back and pull it and it's yeah. Like so a, it's like a it's a long day in yeah in the saddle, in yeah. the saddle so to speak. And yeah. then if you're out and you want to pee, oh, you've sort of got to like unstrap it, and then you sort of are like because it's all going backwards. You're sort of like pissing oh. pissing backwards. I remember the Australian Idol um, auditions. I think it was the first time that I taped, and I'd used like fake tan on my legs. I remember like pissing backwards into the toilet, and then like piss running down my leg, and then having like streak <laughs> oh marks where it like peed off the fake tan. 
it's just God. riddled with yeah, with problems. You know, tough. if you had to fast forward ten years, is fuck the tuck? Has that taken over? I think so. Back I hope so. And I think as well, like back to sack. <laughs> back to sack. Yeah, just, you know, <laughs> that's you, can, I, you need a slogan for one of these things to catch on. You do, you do. Well, fuck the tuck. That's a slogan. That's mm. true. Actually, fuck the tuck way better. Thank you. Um, I think that I think it's interesting, right? Because like. Um, just maybe to explain to the listeners like the difference between drag queens and trans women mm. because I think there's that'd, a lot yeah, of be. confusion sometimes. So like generally speaking, drag queens are men who dress up and perform in a feminine way on stage. There's all sorts of different types of drag. There's sort of like your more clown, glamorous clown drag. There's your female glamorous illusion. clown drag. That doesn't yeah. sound that like – and I mean I'm not judging glamorous clown drag but it sounds like a bit more – doesn't sound like what I imagine drag. Like dressing like clowns? Not like a clown, but sort of like big hair, big lashes, oh, big makeup. Okay, so no, like over the top not drag. tricks. No, big not, not no, no balloon tricks, not nothing like, like that. McDonald's no big shoes, okay. no. Um, but is, is it typically theatrical? Yeah, more sort of maybe the drag from like Priscilla. Okay. Stuff like that. Yep. Um, whereas my drag is sort of more feminine. And quite often um, people might... Uh, look at me and think that I'm a trans woman because I look feminine. But for me, my gender identity, I quite like being a guy. I enjoy the parts of my body the way it is, but I really enjoy sort of like expressing femininity in this way. But then a trans woman is someone who may have never done drag before. It's nothing to do with drag, Mm. but plot twist, they could do drag if they wanted. Mm. Um, But it's sort of somebody who was assigned male at birth born with a penis, probably raised as a boy, and then at some point they're like, this doesn't fit. It would almost be like if you were born as women or as girls and had vaginas and then you got to puberty and you're like, no, I'm a, I'm a man. Mm. Um, so for trans women, it's, it's about their gender identity, it's about their body, it's about being seen as feminine and, and women. And then there's also the idea of like non-binary, you may or may not have heard of. It's kind of people mm. who are like in between and yep. it's just the idea that gender's on a spectrum. I wanted to know how you sort of split your time mm-hmm. between Shane and Courtney. Well, basically, like, it's kind of... I know that you are one and the same, but, yeah. I mean, in terms of how you, like... Present. Do you get around, how you present. Yeah. Like, I, and that's the other thing. It's like sometimes because I look different, people think, like, are you different? I think if I was sitting here as Shane, I think I would be the same... Mm. And talking about the same things, I might like not have my ankles crossed like Barbara Walters. I might, um, I might. I love your references. <laughs> it's a bit of an old reference. I know, to be but fair. like Ali McBeal was one where yeah. I'm like, I respect. Oh, yeah, the Ali McBeal was great. <laughs> I've got to get an updated Ali McBeal and an updated Barbara Walters. Yeah. Um, Barbara's dead. Yeah, is she dead? Oh wait, I she, think so. She could be dead. I remember or like, I think like Diane Sawyer. There's like one of the she was one Barbara Walters, the old like group, like they're journalist. all old journalists. Yeah. yeah, I think Barbara's dead. Yeah, Barbara's? Barbara died. On 30th of December last year. Ah. Uh, pretty recent. There yeah. you go. We're coming up to the anniversary. Thank you, fact checker. <laughs> yeah. D or Dave over there. Um, Barbara Walsh has really got slandered. Like, after she died, people were posting all these old interviews of her just asking, like, horrible misogynistic was questions like to Britney women. Spears and shit? There yeah. was somewhere you're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. But isn't that funny when you see those ones where you're like, 
just a sign of the times and how like things change but like the times weren't that long ago you can see like a 1950s racist interview or something and you're like well this was fucked up or like James Bond where Sean Connery like hits a woman (laughs) everyone's like loving it but then he also also doubles down in an interview being like yeah much later you know hit from time to time but you know and you see that and you're like fuck people were weird but then you're like the Britney Spears one was in like in the the 2000s 2000s, right and it's just it's funny how and we were talking about Entourage before like just how these things it just wasn't that long but Mm. now I see that and I'm like fucking uncomfortable hearing those sorts of Mm. questions I imagine that would be, there'd be some of that sort of an experience for you as well, right? Like yeah. just in terms of the way the world has gone and the way like even just the concept of having a drag show on TV. Yeah. I mean, the 90s wouldn't have been a thing. I wouldn't have imagined. I, no, and it wasn't. And, and it's amazing for me to have lived long enough to have actually witnessed the world change mm. for the better, for I think the majority of people, but certainly for queer people. Um, when I was, I was talking to my straight footballer boyfriend, um, <laughs> Uh, the other Heteroflexible. day. Heteroflexible. Heteroflexible. Straight that identifying. Sorry, That's yeah, why I use okay. identifying because they identify as straight, mm. but they're also having bum sex. So, how you straight know, are you? Yeah, but not gay. Not gay. <clears throat> also, not currently boyfriend because we <sighs> respect relationship boundaries, but we, we still, he's sort of like my one straight friend. Mm. Current? Current friend, but not. Current player? Current player. Um, I know, we're just keeping it. I'm just uh, How long have you been friends for? Uh, a few years. There was another guy like who I was uh, not just friends with or having it off with for like three and a half years. Wow. Um, and it's kind of funny and it's like interesting like because over that length of time obviously you do more than just butt stuff and you sort of talk and converse and, and hearing him talk about – how he wishes that he could be himself, but mm-hmm. how he feels like there's no place in his world. There's no one in his world he can talk to. There's no place for him as a professional football player to just be like, hey, guys, I like it up the butt. And I just think there's like – I think that's unfortunate and I, I, I feel like sport is kind of the last bastion of the closet. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you could just – if you could just like – do like a, a BCC email to all sports people and say, listen, on this day, at this time, mm. everyone's going to come out and there's a lot of you and everybody just like hit send on the same day. You'd be like, fucking hell. There's like, a shitload of yeah. yeah. And I think that it's just unfortunate that there's that stigma about it, um, that people just don't feel comfortable being themselves. And I think, you know, there's there's – like locker room banter and there's all, there's all these like different pressures about, you know, oh, what would my mates think or what would this? And like one of my football boyfriends, he was like, oh, fuck you, the picture. I saw that photo over my shoulder. And I was like, your mates would high five you if they knew that we were rooting, surely. And he's like, no, nah, you don't understand. And I'm yeah. like, all right, maybe I don't. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's like. What do you think? Do you, what do you think it is about? I think it's, I reckon it's probably. There's a part of it that would be like the general like macho nature of men, you know, just in especially in that sort of environment. But like I also think that especially today, no one actually really gives a fuck. Like if I, you're, I, it depends where it depends, it depends from from the community you're from, the part of the world you're from. Sure, but I even think even sport, from, like they're all pretty like 
they're all pretty accepting at the end of the day. Maybe there's like the they're fear. accepting like of the, others. Yes, not of. Uh, but, but there's still that fear of any of themselves or any like actual footy players coming out, yeah, right? I, 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 I yeah, think, I, yeah. Like they wear the rainbow shoelaces on that day of the year. That's the thing. It's interesting because they're all very like that. You can hear them speak about it when they're wearing the rainbow jersey or the mm. shoelaces and it's like – but then also there's the religious element in rugby league. So like our team, Manly, did the rainbow jerseys. They were the mm. only team to do it and it was massive fucking blowback. Yeah. And because there was a lot of like religious islanders in our team mm. who were like, we're not fucking wearing that. Yeah. I can respect that or at least I can understand it in that like you're a religious person and this is like your family, like this is what you've been brought up in. We spoke about it at the time being like it was just a – felt like a – like it's a, it's an important thing to do but it's, when it's poorly run and poorly managed, yeah. it can feel sort of tokenistic. I think you have to talk to like – you obviously have to have the conversation with the players, which I think was the problem with that Which decision. is what they didn't do. No. Yeah. But then I also think when it comes to religion, so often um, there's like a cherry picking that goes on. Like if you if you For read sure. the Bible, Agree. they're not allowed to touch a football because it's made of pigskin. Yeah. And you're not allowed to touch pigskin. You're not allowed to eat shellfish. Not allowed you're, not to allowed tattoos. To, you're not allowed to get tattoos. But like we're like, ah, oh, they're fine. Yeah. That didn't really mean that. Mm. But then like this well, one thing, which which – if you sort of talk to scholars, there's actually not anything in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, that says that you can't be gay. Mm. There's uh, a mistranslation in when it came from Hebrew to English in like right? the fifties. About the lying with the man. Yeah, that was it, about yeah. um, that was about um, it was a mistranslation from like pervert or deviant, mm. and it was more about like like pedophilia and things like that. But someone decided to translate that into being about uh, like being gay. Mm. And so there's just this like thing with religion where there's uh, an oppo- there's, a, there's a cherry picking of like, nah, this is the thing we're really putting our foot down on, mm. but not all that, not the adultery, not the sex before well, marriage. Like in, in rugby league, there's a celebration of religious uh, expression in like, so say before or after a game, you know, team players from the opposite teams get down, they'll huddle and they'll pray or they'll mm. sing some religious song. And people are like, wow, isn't this beautiful? Mm. And like on the face of it, that's really nice or yeah, cool totally. or whatever you want to do. But then it's like, well, you also need to acknowledge that the fucking religion that they subscribe to is like intensely homophobic or like that it, it all, maybe not intensely, but you know, they're against, yeah. you know, the rainbow jerseys that you're making them wear. And yeah. it's just sort of this lack of acknowledgement that like they're yeah, both, it kind of goes both, both ways things. in a way. And I think it's like like I work with this guy who's really religious and doesn't want to be involved in. I won't. I won't. I don't want to out who he is, but he's very religious and doesn't like. He's he's the loveliest man, and like before we do like a rehearsal, he's always all right. Let us pray, and I'm mm. I'm like okay, <laughs> but there's nothing about him that stops me from allowing me to be myself. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I think if your your faith is important to you, then that's important and you should be able to do that. But when you are saying that other people aren't allowed to live their lives, yes. like in my understanding, jo- God is meant to be the judgy one mm-hmm. and that people are just meant to love thy neighbour and you're meant to leave the judgment up to God. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's what this guy that I work with kind of does. He's like, he's so lovely. When, when like... You're doing something that uh, doesn't agree with his sensibilities. He'll like just politely like leave the room, and I'm like, and then he'll come back in. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. So he didn't tell me I was going to hell. 
No. You might have thought it. <laughs> and maybe I am. But um, I think that, yeah, there's that important thing of just allowing religious people, queer people, men, women, trans people, everybody to express themselves however they want. Because yeah. as long as they're not impacting on anyone else's right to be themselves. 100%. Quickly. Agree more. Pee break. Anyone need to wee? Because I'm about to piss my pants. I'm good. Good. I just always like to offer the gift. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to know if your relationship with sports players and stars has informed your decision to carry out this quest to discover what masculinity is? Yeah. Is that, like, is that one of the drivers? Yeah. Because I kind of got to a point where I was like, I've built a world where I do not interact with straight men mm. ever. Mm. Which, again, in the year 2000, I think like, I remember someone saying, oh, the gays, they're segregationalist. And I was like, are we? And I was like, no, no, we had to segregate as a, as a sort of safety thing in the yeah. 90s and the 2000s. Like it just wasn't, it literally wasn't safe to just be gay. Even if you, just in the workplace, like friends mm. wouldn't, friends who had office jobs wouldn't talk about being gay or anything like that because it wasn't safe to do so. And either, you know, fear of being fired or, or just aggression from people. And obviously that's different now. Like the world's a different place. Mm. Queer people are accepted, generally speaking. But my world almost like hadn't caught up. Mm. I remember being on Dancing with the Stars and um, my, my friend who does my wigs, uh, Vanity, her name's Vanity. Um, she's also a drag queen. She and I were standing there and there was like a straight crew guy and one of the people on the show like talking to us. And after they left, I was like, wasn't that weird? There was just like two straight men who were like listening, who were engaged, who yeah. respected us, who saw us as equals. Because we just historically have been used to not feeling equal to straight men. And... Um, and so it was kind of like this moment where I was like, oh, I think the world has moved on, yeah. but we've actually got this hangover from before. Mm. And so I remember making a deliberate attempt to like make some straight friends a, a <laughs> while ago. And then one of those straight friends ended up now has a boyfriend. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and then the other of those straight friends is Chaz Bono, who is Cher's son, who's a trans man. So he's like, he's a man who's attracted to women, but he's a trans man. So he's obviously had a very different journey. So I feel mm. like. Well, now you've got so two. They, yeah. Oh. There you go. So they, they're your two. There you straight. go. So you, well, you've you got go. your first two. They're the, probably the hardest to get. Is that exactly like. Exactly the first, the first two. The yeah, first two yeah. you get. There you go. <laughs> Uh, and um, now we can move on. But so, <laughs> <laughs> to, and now you're just going to have, you know, straight friends galore. Yeah. I, how is it going, though, your sort of journey into or discovery around masculinity? Like, how far in that journey are you? Uh, is there more you can reveal about what it can, is? Is there more you can reveal? It's like a TV pitch that oh, I've been okay. working on. Okay. So, I think it's really interesting. Yeah. And I, what I think is the reason I'm interested in it, right, is because I think there's a lot of like, you blokes like straight white man mm. and there's a lot of finger pointing and there's a lot of guys who are like I don't know what I've done wrong or like oh you can't say anything anymore and there's a lot of the the onus is put on the the straight white man to um, understand and do the work and fix the problem mm. and I as much as I agree like intellectually with that idea I think that um, 
helping, explaining, understanding, going on a journey. And rather than focusing on like toxic masculinity, maybe focusing on like positive masculinity, mm. because I think there's a real confusion of like, like the idea in, a, in some straight men's minds is that the world thinks that all masculinity is bad. Yeah. And that's just not true. That's sort of like either a willful ignorance or a misunderstanding of what the, the, the status quo is talking about. I think when people talk about toxic masculinity, they're not saying masculinity. They're saying the toxic parts of masculinity um, we want to like get rid of and we want to like foster positive masculinity. But I think there's been so much focus on the toxic part that sometimes men feel like they've been beaten up on just for being men. Mm-hmm. And can, I, which also can be, exa- um, you know, doubled down on by certain media who yeah. just like take parts of the toxic mis- uh, masculinity narrative and portray it as such. And yeah. it's also like they misrepresent. The shitloads of noise yeah, on yeah. both sides. Like from Fucking the like, don't, you know, like men can't say anything sort of people, but then also the like toxic masculinity. So you're saying too much. So yeah, like, yeah, so yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. this in between where if you're just a dude, sometimes you'd be like, I don't know what the fuck I, within reason, I think it's pretty obvious what you can't do. Like there's the extremes, but you know, they're in between. Thank you, Dave. I um, think also as well is that there is, there seems to be a divide between what, people i talk to and like interact with think and what like the media yeah wants you yeah. to think or yeah. like you know like oh you know there's men are fucking ruling you know workplace and women and relationships are bad and i'm not saying they aren't but like in my world it just doesn't exist the way that sometimes you hear it in the media if that makes sense like I mean, there's almost men are ruling this workplace but well, this one specifically. <laughs> this one specifically. This Although we do have a female employee, oh, I would let you know. So, <laughs> and now we have a uh, trans. No, gay, uh, sorry, no, sorry, not trans. trans drag gay mate. Yeah, there you go. Not trans mate. Sorry. Correction. There you go. Well, no. Well, I don't no. know that. Not in my. We fixed not in it. My watch. No, we fixed it. Exactly. Um, and there should be room for people to make mistakes. Exactly. That's, Thank I was, you that's what I was going to say when I went to the bathroom before, and I just had a moment to myself thinking I was like, "Were you holding your penis at the time?" Uh, I sat down actually. Okay. Uh, cool. We've got uh, a toilet seat that doesn't like to stay up, and I didn't um, feel like no, having to, you know, do some. It's okay. Even if the job. toilet seat didn't like to stay up, you're still entitled to sit down when it's you. It's a good point, actually. I've become. It can be more comfortable. It can be. I've become a bit more of a sit down movement guy. And I think it might have come when I have children. There's a movement? There's a sit-down movement? Well, I don't know if there is, but you're certainly made to feel like an other <laughs> if you do sit down sometimes. And I'll tell you, sitting down, yeah, we, you know, it's, it's you liberating. A, scroll. a bit of a scroll. You can have a scroll. But also it allowed me to think. Because if I was in there and mm. I was holding my penis and I'm holding up the seat and I'm trying not to spill. Multitasking. I well, I wouldn't have had an opportunity to reflect on how nice it's been just to be able to, like, ask dumb questions. That mm. was, you know what I mean? Like, just to be able to, like ask questions and feel comfortable that you're not saying the wrong thing or that you are going to be offensive. I think it's so much like impetus or put on like being offensive or people being offended and being able to just like have a yarn and actually like ask questions as they come to your mind. And even if they are stupid, have them like a good faith conversation about things that, you know, and as Eddie said, I think we largely we don't. I don't think we're as ignorant as maybe no. your your general the the perception of your general sort of uh, straight bloke. Straight bloke, but you still got there's still plenty you don't. You're understand. basically metrosexual over mm. here. Oh, You're the exactly David Beckham's right. of your yeah, generation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's still a great deal we don't know. Yeah, but no. it is well, interesting. Well, I now and to be honest, I'm loving this. By I've way. completely forgotten 
to ask about just the the tucking and like we've covered it, but I just found that illuminating. I was like, that is and that wild. did you did you, you didn't try when you went in? There? I didn't, but I guarantee did you, you I'm did going you, to. Did at you least slip them up? Not not at that point because I was sitting down, right? Like what's you know? Yeah, but at, yeah. I will be honest and tell you that at some point I'm going to work out where they go. Yeah, because there there are there's two little holes there. There's it's also there. not maybe where I remember my first time. Are I they was, like lock in. There, it's between. It's a there's your pelvic bone. And there's your skin, and they actually go between the skin and the bone. It's not like up inside you. Okay, they're sort of like sitting on. Well, they sit like in the on front, top, on, in the front. Which you'd still, if you, if someone, if someone punched you and your balls were up there, they'd still get hurt. So it's oh, not yeah. a safe place. No, it's. I think it's about temperature regulation. Yes, it is because your think. balls have got to stay at the same temperature all the yeah. time. My well, they've got to be. I, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yours. I believe they've got to be two degrees cooler. Cooler. Then your body temperature, that's why they hang outside the body. Yeah. And then when it's cold. It feels, we mentioned evolution earlier. It feels sort of counterintuitive. Like why would you bother requiring your, your balls to be two degrees cooler and having like the most sensitive part of your body. It's like literally two balls of nerves. Yeah. Hanging, hanging out. out. It's actually ridiculous. Like so why, why the fuck don't, don't we have a rib cage around those things right. to protect them? You know what I mean? Like, it's also like produce... Produce sperm at, at a high temp. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? That's true as yeah. well. Yeah, you know, inside like let's just body. let's just fix Keep the fucking inside, problem. Like ovaries. Yes, and then high temperature. But do all mammals have their nut sacks on the outside? I think they do. I think they just do. just about. So then I saw a, I saw a beagle with a huge set of balls today <laughs> <laughs> on my way in. They were massive, and I'm like, good to good see. Good on you. Yeah, well done. Good on you. Nice, nice set of Top nuts fella. on you there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to find out a bit about like. Just your general career, though, as well, and it's been great. And I'm sure I'll have more questions as they arise. But you're you're talking about the, the Sydney drag scene and how you know that's like where you came up. But then, if I can use a sporting context, you're now like one of the professional big sort of drag queens in the world. Is David Beckham David Beckham of drag? Is that too much? Oh, wow. are you the Becks of drag? Are you a back? Are you a Beckham of drag? I'll take it. Yeah, there we go. Good. Uh, but you know, you're over there. You, you've got. And again, when you first came across our radar, we we're like, I'd heard your name before. But then when you were putting up your story and you're like, I'm listening to this podcast, Hello Sport, immediately I was like, oh, fuck, have we said something dumb? Here? We're like in <laughs> trouble. But um, yeah, I wonder how I came. Did Okay. I'm not, not to be reductive, but did like one of your wives say like, oh no, Courtney, you should have her on the pod? Like, no, how no, did no, you no, think- no, not at all. So do you know what? My family are friends with, I think two people that you may know, and I only know them as their like non-drag name, but Michael and Anthony. Oh yeah, Amelia so, and Michael is Amelia's husband. Who yes, do Amelia that. Airhead. Amelia Airhead. So yeah. my family, my mum's good friends. I think maybe with Jim and Jane Barnes that you may yeah, know, yeah. and she's and I'd met you there, or I'd met them there over the years. Jimmy Barnes, can I just sidetrack and say, in 1994, performed at the Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras. Kylie Minogue also performed that year, and. Basically, like the first, and you can imagine the world was a different place back then. The mm. first two, sort of like straight, and Jimmy Barnes, like he's like Kylie. She's a pop star. Mm. So I did like, Kylie Minogue day yesterday. Sorry, I was listening. Did to you? Yeah, the Kylie huge. Tension, the new album. No, no, no. Early vintage, shit. Two thousand, two thousand one. Our Kylie. Yeah, yeah. Our Kylie. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, Kylie is a pop star, so maybe like the imagination that she would perform at Mardi Gras requires less of a stretch yep. than Jimmy Barnes. Yeah. Like Cold Chisel. Nineteen ninety four. Nineteen ninety four. I think. 
And um, then he's like, you know, fact check that masculine, masculine, like bloke, working class man. Rock, fucking work and he's class like man. at Mardi Gras because Jimmy Barnes, friends with the drag queens, him and yeah. Jane, as as you probably witnessed, you've mm. been at a dinner with Amelia Airhead Smith and Michael Smith. Mm. That's how she got the Smith because she was Amelia Airhead. Okay. And then they got married. So she became Amelia Airhead, Airhead Smith. Smith. <laughs> he's called Michael Smith. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was a, it was 99 Mardi Gras. 99. 99 yes. Sorry. I was a bit premature. No, um, still in the 90s. Still in the 90s. Um, when did Ky- no? I think he performed more than once. When did Kylie and Jimmy perform? I'll say this: wouldn't shock me if he's got it wrong. I feel like Chat GPT over here. He's inconsistent. Well, I, not even that good. No, not <laughs> even. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Jimmy, did you need your water? If you were um, no, I was. Gonna, oh, okay, I realised that my phone is on like. Uh, well, I can't see that. I want to say oh, eighteen oh, percent. It's not going. Oh, that's I not was reaching bad. for the battery in my bag. We can charge it for you if you need to put it on a charger. I've always got a I've always got a battery with me wherever I go. Oh so okay, so nineteen ninety four was Kylie Minogue and John Paul Young. Nineteen ninety nine was Jimmy Barnes and Danny Minogue. No, Jimmy was at the ninety four, I'm sure. There. I'm yeah, sure of not, it. Not and, no disrespect to Danny, on. but it's not the same thing. Jimmy Danny isn't Kylie, Barnes, no offense. Oh no, I'm, I'm being fact checked here. This isn't good. Oh quickly. David, come on. I'm going off Wikipedia here. Well, listen, I just... Well, Wikipedia is... Yeah, little... fuck Wikipedia. Respectfully, of course. Unless it's saying, you know, something positive about us. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Jimmy Barnes, Bastion of Masculinity, performing at Mardi Gras. Yes. Uh, I pulled you off track. You were talking about some people that you know. Oh, how I came to be here. Yeah, no, no, no. I think <laughs> it was more... I was, yeah, I was interested just to know about, um, I guess, like the come up. Australian Idol's one thing, but then you've got one point something million followers on Instagram. Like, when did you? What was the thing that became like that? Made, th- that sort of sent you cat, uh, not catastrophic, stratospheric. Stratospheric. I think it was Drag Race. It was 2014. So next year will be the 10 year anniversary. Mm. And it was in the United States. It was just as Drag Race sort of went mainstream if you will, and it went on like Netflix in the UK and it's like popular in Brazil, like all around the world people, although even still in Australia, I think people were still like illegally downloading it on Napster or LimeWire or really? whatever it was back then in, in two, 2014. Yeah. Since then it went on to Netflix. Now it's on Stan. Um, but many people say, and this isn't just my, um, my vanity. It, many people say that season six, of, they say, if you're going to watch a season of Drag Race, start at season six. Okay. And uh, it was just a really popular season that seemed well, to sort how, of break How does the show through. work? What are you doing in it? It's a bit like Top Model meets Project Runway, which on a sport podcast may just confuse things more. Well, I was going to say, now you're going to tell me how they work. Yeah. So basically Drag <laughs> Race, there's 12 to 14 drag queens. Mm-hmm. There's a workroom, sort of a bit like this room. Yep. And RuPaul is the host Mm -hmm. and you all enter the workroom and then each week there's a mini challenge and a main challenge. And the main challenge might be um, a comedy roast or it might be like hosting a a chat show or it Mm. might be an acting challenge or a lip syncing challenge or a musical challenge. Um, And then the mini challenges are more simple things like... Um, there's one called the reading challenge where you put on a pair of sunglasses and you tear shreds off each other. Right. Um, which again, I think in your world there is an equivalent to that. Yeah, absolutely, is there it is. It's called sledging. I don't know what the word Just, is. Yeah, sledging, shit talking, roasting, talking. Reading is like roasting. Like they do that on other podcasts. We yeah, roast each other. So. Yeah. yeah, roasting. Yeah, that's what exactly. it is. yeah. yeah. Um, so reading is roasting. 
Like that's reading. Yes. So I was thinking like, fuck, you just have to read. Yeah. No, you don't have to read. No, okay, good. Uh, but reading is is kind of this affectionate. I mean, the idea is that like reading evolved in a world where um, the outside world was going to say horrible things about you. So you would sort of sharpen your wit and get used to that idea by saying horrible things about each other. Right. Okay, um, right. And... Um, <laughs> Slightly counterintuitive. A hug might have been nicer. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but how's, how's your rate? How's your rating? Very horrible. Is bad. I'm more of a hugger. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, I'm more of a hugger than a than a saying something horrible. Although, what did I write to my manager today? It just came out so naturally, and it was scathing. It was about this. Hang on, I don't know if I can say it out loud because well, we can always cut it, it out. Is, but it was sort of like. It was like they got ChatGP to write the most reductive version of a. Blank. Oh, it was like they got ChatGP to write an alliterated, reductive version of blank. This, okay. this thing that I was reading, I was like, "This is just like horrible." Like what? And that just it came out and it may not sound scathing to you to call something a ChatGPT alliterated. Oh no! Listen, version, to that, but I don't know what you're talking about, so I can't. No, like, exactly. So I don't know exactly how. But how I get scathing it is. Yeah, how scathing it was. <laughs> Trust me, it was yeah. scathing. <laughs> it was vicious. Um, but, um, yeah, so there's all these different challenges, mini challenges, main challenges. It goes over the course of 12 weeks. Mm. Every week um, a queen is eliminated. There's a bottom two, and those two have to lip sync for your life, mm-hmm. <laughs> which in drag, tr- I guess, like, traditionally, I am not a good lip synker. I've never lip synced. I'm a singer. But traditionally, drag queens will lip sync. And right. so they're given a song, they're asked to prepare a lip sync, um, like mime, in a, like, and they, yeah. they sort of battle each other. It's like a head-to-head battle of the lip sync. And then RuPaul decides who sashays away or who Shante you stay. <laughs> and then by the end, you get a winner and they win a couple of hundred thousand dollars. Okay. US dollars in the US, in Australia. It's yeah. Australian dollars. Well, it's um, more than that. 50 grand last year uh, yeah. in Australia. Yeah. 50 grand in Australia. But you know what they don't say? Because it's mm-hmm. Drag Race Down Under. So it's New Zealand and Australia. Oh, okay. They don't specify whether it's Australian dollars or it's New true. Zealand dollars. Fuck. Yeah. Better not be New filmed, Zealand dollars with the greatest respect. It is you know filmed I mean? in New Zealand, though. It's filmed in New Zealand. It could oh. be Kiwi dollars for all we know. Yeah. That'd be tough. Which would be, yeah. And then there's probably like some capital gains tax. You're probably ending yeah, up with a buck fifty and a two dollar scratchy. Yeah, that's not that's no way to live. Yeah, give them two hundred American. Yeah. So you win that, and is that like I didn't win that? Oh, sorry, not win that. So you're on that. I was on the top three. No, you're in the, but you were so you're on it. Is that in the days of Instagram? Like, does your yeah Instagram blew up in that time? Didn't go up to the one point two million it is today, but it went up a lot over the season. Then in two, how'd you get onto it? How do you get onto a show like that? Like you're was, auditioning for it. What you're already in America at that point. I was point. living in LA, and I moved to LA, being like, I knew Drag Race was around. I think 2010 was about season three of Drag Race. It was still a little janky, mm. um, and I thought I'm gonna move to LA and I'm gonna like make it. I'm gonna host my own TV show or like I had these dreams. And they asked me to audition for Drag Race, and I was like, No, I'm gonna forge my own path. Yeah. And then the next year they asked me to audition again. I put together like a tape. They give you like a list of things you have to do, a videotape. A videotape. Yeah. A, a, <laughs> VHS? A, DVD? Not, I think U- it was a, a file. U- I think it was USB. like an MP4 Four. or an yeah. MOV file or something <laughs> then. Uh, and then they said, oh, sorry, we made a mistake. Your visa that you're in the United States isn't valid in like 
the laws of the something to enter this competition. And I was like, why'd you fucking ask me to put together a tape? <laughs> yeah. And then the next year they said, can you put together a tape? I was like, no, no fuck off. fell for this last year. Done it already. And they were like, no, 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 we've changed the rules to accept O1 visas. Which, side note, the title of an O1 visa is Alien of Extraordinary Ability. Is that oh, right? Okay. It's for like doctors, actors, like any any industry. And they didn't accept that before. They didn't accept an alien of extraordinary ability okay. before. Right it was on. like absurd, a thing. absurd, right on, outraged. Um, but then I put together a video. Video. <laughs> I got on the show, and um, and it was just sort of like it was so much fun. The whole thing, like you you're, I don't know, like if you're you're in a gay bar in Sydney doing drag. Or at, even at a corporate gig, because after Idol I was doing lots of more mainstream things. But mm. you're still – drag has always been a bit like the asshole end of the entertainment industry. It hasn't really been respected historically. Mm. But since Drag Race, it's become this thing that – even um, Zoe Foster-Blake, I saw she went to – she's got a party that maybe her and Hamish throw and she wore this, like, Cher Bob Mackie outfit that the mm. woman that makes all my costumes yeah, made her it. costume. And I was yeah. like – well, that's drag. That's oh, drag. Just, just the other day, right? The yeah, other yeah. Day. Their Vegas party. Looked yeah. like yeah. a phenomenal party. Looked fun. It's like one of those parties where you go like, fuck, it'd be nice. They look like they put party. on dues and everyone that goes like tries Just hard. has a Does great it? time. You know what yeah. I mean? Like actually puts their like And I have no reason to invite I don't know them at all. But I'm like, fuck, it would have been but nice. But would you put your back into it like that? Oh, no. If I was invited, I would have. Because they put their back into it. Well, if I was invited, I would have fucking You know who puts their back into it regardless of whether they're invited? Me. Yeah. So Zoe, Hamish. Come on, wake up. Give me an invite. Wake well, up. We'll invite all of us. If you're not using that share outfit, I can put it to a good use. Invite, invite Courtney plus two. Yeah, yeah, Courtney plus two. Yeah. All right. And we'll we put go. our backs into it. Who would we go as? I'm open to suggestions. Uh, I go as anything. Yeah, Charlie's Angels. Hamish went as uh, Siegfried and or Roy. Well, this is a Vegas thing, wasn't it? It's it was a Vegas like thing. Vegas so thing. you could have been Siegfried, you could have been Roy. Yeah. But, but I mean, if you're going in drag, I feel like we should go in drag. I go in like, drag. Oh. I feel like that would make sense, right? You heard it here first. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just like, listen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Only for Zoe and Hamish's party. Yeah, and for you. Again, you're putting your back into it. Yeah, you go, you, may as well you go all the way. I mean, right. would, you, uh, would you lend them your wings to wear? Oh, no. Uh, well, they're, they're at the Powerhouse Museum now anyway. Oh, so that's, Wait, that's hold on. What are the on, wings? What's that mean? On Drag Race, I'd say the thing that on Drag Race I'm most known for, the yeah. number one comment that I get is- So I'm just Dave knowing about the wings. I was impressed I mean, by they're that. they're pretty iconic. Are they, up, oh, they're iconic. People Apologies, come up to me and I feel say, guilty for not knowing. I love your wings on Drag Race. That's my number one. And they're in the Powerhouse Museum now. Well, actually, they're on the slow boat from uh, London to um, to Sydney to be added to the Powerhouse Museum. I can't see what's going on. Oh, well, holy oh. shit. Look at those. Sounds. What triggers? What's the mechanism there? Like, it's what's sort of like a Meccano set. <laughs> wow. And I sort of like push it down yeah, with my hands. There it goes. And They've got like a look at that something foot wingspan. Wow! How and long does it take you to get ready for something like that? I like to well, leave. Well, or um, even generally, generally I like to leave three hours, which I know sounds three. like to have a shower to like. So today, I was meant to be here at one, meant to be here. One oh five. It's pretty good. Fashionably late. Fashion, That's fine. What I as I was doing my makeup, I was scrolling through Instagram, and heard you talk about telling the missus. Half an hour before you're meant to be there, and that's yeah. what I do mm. to myself and my manager. We have this conversation where I say, "If I'm meant to be there at one, tell me twelve thirty. Mm. And she's like, "You know, it's a lie." And I'm like, 
but does it work? And yeah. she's like, yeah, it does. And I'm like, so don't question just, it. Just keep doing it. Um, if so, my wife took three hours, <laughs> I'd be adding an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or at least, <laughs> or at yeah, least yeah, an yeah, hour. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I did today. I was like, late. all right, got to be there at one. It's in Alexandria, which can I say, I was thinking I was going to have to travel much further west oh, really? to get here. I didn't realise that we were in the, the inner city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We wouldn't. Um, and uh, one, so I was like, okay, let's call it 12 because it probably takes half an hour to get to Alexandria plus the half an hour lie. Plus the three hours before that to get ready. So I started getting ready at 11, 10, 9. Fuck. Had my horrible night's sleep. My alarm was set for 8, which might seem like late for some people. Fuck might it, seem early for Depends what time you go to bed. Normal. Well, I try to go to bed at 10. I, no, I plug my phone in in another room at 10. Smart. I need to start doing that. Then I brush my teeth, get ready for bed, usually down by 11. Last night was a bit later. I've got a friend staying with me who's visiting and – um, not like that. And, um, <laughs> and so I, wo- I had a horrible night's sleep having uh, fever dreams of this podcast <laughs> and, and how we'll change the world. Yes. Yeah. Um, not bad fever dreams. And then, um, and then I woke, yeah, my alarm went up at eight and I was like, oh no. So I changed it to nine. So I got up at nine. I had breakfast, had a coffee, so on and so forth. Made it out the door at about twelve. So what's do, do you introduce? Yeah, sorry. Well, just no. I was just, what's going into like that hair? Like I'm just trying to work out what if it's your none actual of it. none of it. Nothing you see is real. <laughs> so how's that wig get on? It's called a lace front wig, which is already set. Someone does this in their home and delivers it to my home. But and is so, it when are they delivering? Like today? No. This this has actually been to Melbourne and back. It's sorry, been in my suitcase. Hang on, I'll zoom in. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of the hairs are hanging really, You can't see it unless you're close to And that's stuck on your head? With glue. So where's your hair then? If you My hair's like just like, like pulled back with a wig swim cap. cap. sort of thing, huh? Not a swim cap. Sorry, I know. Stocking cap. Stocking yeah, yeah. cap. Sorry, yeah, no. Nose peg. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, yeah. Yeah, so and then I put the wig on and then I glue down the sides and the front with spirit gum, which is like... As far as I'm aware, it's like, you know, when you like hit a tree really hard and it bleeds? Yep. Sap. Sap. Yeah. It's tree sap. That's, it, I mean, it's in a bottle. I don't just go and hit no, a tree every time. No, you're not going to hack it on a tree. Uh, and then some pins to sort of like Keep hold everything. it on. Okay. And so there's like little clips that I thread the, that pin through that and it holds it on my head. Uh, is it painful? No, it no, can be uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, I I kind of like it can be painful, mm. but I try to dress f- not for comfort. No, but I try to dress for less discomfort than you know. I yeah, it can be very uncomfortable if you're in like a look for something and you've got like a corset on and you're taped and you've got a wig on. And it's heavy and it's pulling back in the eyelashes and yeah, it can be seven kinds of adhesive working in tandem on That's my what body. I was say, at like any you one have time. fucking tile tape and all yeah. this different like eyelash glue, tree eyelash sap, glue as well. Tile the eyelashes tape. are fucking. They're looking. Thank they're looking you. Good. Thank you. That's it's glued on eyelashes. Well, I know, they're glued on eyelashes. Natural. No one eyelashes. grows eyelashes like this. No. And if any woman tells you otherwise, they're lying. Well, there's one player in the NRL, Reese Walsh. He does beautiful lashes. When you when you're Reece with Walsh. women, let's say getting ready for like a party or something, are you, uh, are the are the drag queens there? Are they? Are you almost revered as to your makeup work and your attention to detail and how you get ready? 
Like, I think is that, women, are, you, are you held on a pedestal around other women for your, well, it's for funny, like, like on Instagram, for your attention to detail? On Instagram, women are like, oh, I could never do that. I'm like, you could. You just you just don't want to spend three hours in hair and makeup. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Um, but women are often very like, ooh, ah, about, yeah. um, about drag and about um, the attention to detail. I think they, they appreciate it, but I wouldn't. It's like it's sort of like a celebrity getting ready for the Logies, mm. you know. That's yes. the sort of level of effort. Another that thing we want to be invited to. That's right. Yeah. Have you been to the Logies? I have. Sat on Sam Neill's lap. Get out! Of in here. fact, in two thousand and three or four, I think it was two thousand and four. I didn't know who Sam Neill was. Sam Neill didn't know who I was. You, you never like seen Jurassic Park or anything? No. Oh, sorry, I've said the wrong person. Who's Sam the toxic Newman. football footy show bloke? Sam Newman. Sorry, sorry, Sam Neil. Yeah, sat on Sam <laughs> Newman's lap, yeah. and I didn't know who Sam Newman was, and he didn't know who I was, but everybody around me did, and he was like, "Oh, there's a hot Sheila," and so he was like, "I'll take a photo." I'm someone like yeah, I remember like that. people like snapping photos. And like laughing, and I was like, "Well, something's going on here." And yeah, I was like, oh, he's the footy show. He's the like, footy. He's on. an example of someone who's uh, toxic masculinity. You can look back at you and see his sort of like rhetoric and beliefs, and be like, "Okay, yeah, it's a bit uncomfortable." Yeah, you uh, were on Neighbours, and I for at least an episode. Is that correct? I feel like maybe for a week. Oh, a week. Okay, blame maybe Dave. I was uh, a he week. said an episode. A few episodes. I have grown up loving Neighbours and Home and Away for a multitude of reasons. Storyline, yes, but number one is the wardrobe. I feel like both of those shows capture like almost like mundane Australiana better ah, than like any fucking time thing. It, it's just like it's absurd sometimes. And also, but also exaggerated. It's mm. ramped up to a thousand degrees, but yeah. like it's just I find it fantastic. But why were you on her, uh, neighbors? Why were you there? What was it? What was the the storyline? Was it was Erinsborough Pride? And I was, it's funny because I was like, I was hosting like drag bingo, which no disrespect for the people who do. It's something I've never actually done. No. And I was like, I better not start getting booked to do drag bingo now. <laughs> this is a, I've been to drag bingo. That seems like. You've been, it's, it's with respect, but beneath you in terms <laughs> of the heights you've Look, scaled. you said it. I didn't. No, I said it. <clears throat> um, so I was hosting drag bingo and like performing at Erinsborough Pride and uh, the storyline was that Paul Robinson, yep. um, sort of the town bad guy, older guy, like businessman. Yeah, you fill me in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. he's. I mean, he's been on there since the eighties. He's been on there right. for five years. Like, he's, he's, he's a big yeah, guy. Yeah. So he, I turn up. I want. I want to say I turn up at like the check in of the hotel as Shane and Paul's a bit like whatever. And then I come down as Courtney and he's like, oh, 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 is there anything we can get you? And so then I take the piss and I'm like, yes, I want like a bowl of red M&Ms. I want this, I want this, I want this. And he's like, oh, okay. Um, and then <laughs> I love it because he knows I'm performing at Errands for Pride, but I think he just thinks, I think he doesn't know that I'm a drag queen. And, uh, he's just, he's, I, I can't quite remember, but so I end up, yeah, performing and hosting bingo. Bingo at Aaronsburg. Harold Pride. wasn't there, unfortunately. Harold, he, no. He died by then. I Harold think. passed away. Yeah. Is Harold no longer? No, on the in show? real look, real life guy, I think, still with us. No, no, neighbors. Character. Harold. So now, now, yeah, okay. That doesn't mean he can't come back though. Like, no, those shows are you're never dead. Yeah, 
He died no. in a bomb or something, but he could, yeah. he could, maybe he ran out the back and yeah, yeah. He, could always, he, he could wanted, always come back. He he went into exile. Yeah, correct, correct, Harold. What? So what are you doing now? What's I saw on your Instagram the other day uh, as Shane, but you're you were performing somewhere. Well, you were you were, I saw you warming up for something. Ah, uh, that might have been with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra. Yes, yes. So on the weekend, uh, it was uh, George Michael concert. With the Melbourne mm. Symphony Orchestra in Melbourne. Mm. So there was uh, David Campbell, Natalie Bassing, Dwight, Emma Donovan, Brendan McLean and myself singing the the hits of George Michael. Um, yeah, with the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra, which was just really cool. Like, yeah. It's like 50 instruments sitting there playing. And there's always a moment where you're used to hearing music, but you're not used to hearing 50 instruments playing like a disco song, like strings, like oh, this whole like yeah. violin section playing the strings and like the trumpets and things. And just I think rehearsals, weirdly, were one of my favourite parts because there was no pressure to do good mm. and you were just like watching like 50 musicians who were at the top of their craft playing like George Michael. Well, Brendan and I got to sing I Want Your Sex, which I think has been missing from the repertoire of the <laughs> Melbourne Symphony Orchestra for, for <laughs> yeah. a very long time. Yeah, um, But... Um, yeah, we did. We all sort of did a few songs each, and it was in the Sydney My Music Bowl, which is partly an outdoor venue. And I don't know why Melbourne insists on having outdoor venues because everyone was there in their ponchos in the rain. rain. Yeah. Mm. But Cold. It's, it's a Melbourne thing. Yeah, it is a Melbourne I thing. I love it. How long have you been singing for? Like all your life? Yeah, all my life, I think. Like I went to a place called the Fame Talent Agency and Theatre Company in Brisbane where I grew up. I started going when I was like six or seven, um, actually with the Veronicas. We were yeah, childhood yeah. friends. In, in our notes, Veronicas. I read that you uh, yeah. you knew the Veronicas. Yeah, Big Le- fa- they're a, they're part of the fabric of Australia. Right? They oh, really are. They are. Yeah, Lisa and Jess and I. They were young, famous. They're a couple of years younger, and obviously twins. And so they were like these adorable little girls, and uh, and we would go to Fame, and then we we're in a group called the Yabba Dabba Do Young Entertainers. And then we were in another yeah. And then we were in a group called Mixed Spice, which was like a Spice Girls covers <laughs> act, where the, there was four of us: Becky, Lisa, Jessica, and myself. I was not in drag at this point. Were you? Um, did you uh, pick one of the Spice Girls? Well, Jerry's my favourite. Okay. I respect that. Thank you. Then, not now. I mean, I I will always love Jerry, but like, there's something like like Mel B. So cool, mm. Mel C. So cool, Jerry. No, not oh, we're not. No, hang on, I'm, I'm backtracking. I'm back backtracking. Backpedaling. Well, like I mean, this the writing's on the wall here. Though you've already sort of you've already said it. What's what's unsaid? Well, so okay, we've taken it back. Can I ask a question then? <laughs> yes. How do you how do you feel about Mel, uh, G- ginger spice currently? It's just out of context, just completely random. <laughs> just question. like a random, just a question. random question. A couple of spice. I need to Google this more. <laughs> But I heard because I went to see the Spice Girls perform at Wembley Stadium in 2019. Did they have a brief comeback? Yeah, Posh wasn't there for it. Posh though, wasn't was, there. Posh yeah. was there. So I thought they were always trying to get him back together. I'm like, if Posh ain't there, it don't happen. It's not a real thing. See, for me, it was like Jerry, Scary, Mel C, Baby, and Posh interchangeable. Interchangeable, which I, sort of fighting words for a lot of people, but that's just me as a teenager. Um, Posh wasn't there. Jerry was. She wasn't wearing the Union Jack dress. Bullshit. I can't believe that. I had heard (laughs) 
that the Queen of Girl Power didn't wear the Union Jack dress because her husband didn't like her wearing short dresses, so she wore like a, a gown version. Oh no, that really? is. But oh, I feel that's like sacrilegious. That is that's bullshit. If that's I feel I mean. like now that I've said that, I feel like I've really just done the dirt. I feel like that was probably a Daily Mail article. Listen, that's gonna throw a cat amongst the pigeons with our audience, and it's already been said. Like, listen, be there's a couple of there's a couple of truths. Either Daily Mail's done you dirty, or where there's smoke, there's fire. However, if the Daily Mail has done me dirty, I should be smarter. <laughs> Because the Daily Mail does dirty. That's they do. their, that's they their do, brand. But they also sometimes get a dead right, don't they? Well, I would say, I'll never say dead right. I'd I think say that's 95% of the time they get it dead wrong. Yeah. 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 I say their, their biggest truth is probably like 80 ish. Yeah. We said something on here once about Nathan Cleary, and it did turn out to be true in fairness, but Nathan Cleary and uh, he's with Mary Fowler. We just read like a title. Oh, is this the PNG? Yeah, the PNG soccer. Well, she's Australian, like Matilda. Scrolled through this, but we she was she it. was everywhere during the week. We World read Cup. it like we read like a thing that they were just spotted after a sponsorship event having ice cream, and we just said it. We were like, "Oh fuck, you know, you, you know, there's never just an ice cream." They reported it as fact based on something we said, and, we and quoted like, us, and quoted us in the whole article. And we were like, "How'd that feel, though?" Oh well, listen, I mean, it felt nice. I'm not gonna lie. It did feel nice. I tell you what, felt nicer is when it was, it was proven right. that they were they were dating because. Yeah. It just felt like to me, you're not going to go get ice cream together, you two, unless there's something there. I don't think anyone gets that. Our thing was like, I don't think you get ice cream with someone unless it's like your parent, unless you're fucking. Did you see the Matilda's, no, the women's football sex map? You yes. must have seen this. See, now it's nice to be able to talk about this because we couldn't we, talk about it when it was just I, us. We, could, we couldn't bring it up. We couldn't because uh, it was, it was one of the Now that we're in a safe space, yeah. it's one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Oh, my God. It was insane. They, you know what? We think that we, the dudes like to fuck. They were. The women I'll tell you what, though. There's, some, there's a couple of Australian girls in there putting in work. Putting in work. It was uh, The Australians were like, like, if you don't know what we're talking about, yeah. it's like this – not three D, two D. Can you can you look up the term for that? Sex well, It's map. like a web. Yeah, it's like yeah. A, it's yeah. like a statistical. I suppose the way you would say it is like um, everybody who's had sex with or been rumored yeah. or dated everybody else. So 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 if you're linked to multiple people, the more people you're linked to, the bigger your circle is. Mm-hmm. I suppose that would if that's how it would make sense. And then there was and tentacles then, shooting off you to people you'd fucked, and then people that the and you could drag you could drag a circle, which would then drag its tentacles behind it. And there was a couple of Australian players. I'm not going to name who like you could drag you, around. You know, what we yeah. might do. No, maybe we shouldn't. Leave. I was going to say we leave the link in the fucking show notes, but maybe we don't. Maybe that's I don't too think red so. Up. I don't think so. But is it bad? Well, no, it's not bad. That's I the thought thing. it was it's legendary. Well, so do we. But again, we have to, as you know, Straight fucking masculine points. bloke podcast, be a bit careful. Not maybe to, we don't. Maybe that's just a feeling we have, but not to feel like we feel like, like we shouldn't be propagating. Because maybe that. it takes away from the fact that it's it's awesome that women are doing well in sport and the Matildas were so good that it's kind of a little yeah. bit. I get that. It kind of retract, like, even though it shouldn't. And as we like, we talk about, we talk about men in a much more fucking uh, sexualized and stupid way than we do women. Maybe it's because we're men, we can. But there's is something it, where it, you're like, you don't want to feel like. Is it fair to say that maybe it plays into old stereotypes? Potentially. Yeah, but I the mean, fucking it could maps also, just. If you guys are talking about, it, I guess there's that idea that women having sex is for the male gaze, G-A-Z-E. Um, and that, that often, like, if you look up, like, lesbian porn on 
Pornhub, mm. if uh, the the guy is often thinking like, oh, this is for me, but like if you think about it, lesbians, not for men, famously. Yes, famously. <laughs> Historically like, in, fa- in fact, like stoutly. Yeah. Like. <laughs> so like maybe bisexual porn, if you're like, oh, I'm looking at two bisexual women, they're having sex, I'm picturing myself in that scenario, mm. makes more sense. And so I guess as two straight blokes talking about this uh, sex map of, it's sort of like the beginning of Heartbreak High, if anyone saw that on Netflix. Loved it. The sex Haven't, map. Haven't, but I so saw the old so one. It's fucking good. I loved it. R. I, I thought the acting oh. in it was unbelievable. I really loved it. I'm glad to hear that because I thought maybe I'm in a bubble. No, I no, thought the, the acting was like elite. Can I be I honest? Thought. It's been one of those ones that's been pinned in my mind to be like, hungover Sunday. Well, I've told you a million times out. I watched it. I thought it was fucking great. Because most a lot of Aussie dramas, no offence, are them. like... The writing's bit. not good enough, or the acting's not there, or it's yeah. too cliche. Like it was, but this is like fucking good. Okay. Heartbreak High was, and again, I, I will say, OG total, Heartbreak High. No, the new okay, one. Sorry. Total Control on the ABC with Rachel Griffiths and Deborah Melman. Brilliant, good. love that. Okay. Heartbreak High though was kind of like the first time that I'd seen an Aussie drama that didn't make me feel ashamed. Like <laughs> I sort of felt that way as well. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the time, I'm like, this is. Like Total Lime. Control's on the ABC, Lime, yeah. so no one who's not Australian is watching it. Yep. But Heartbreak Eyes on Netflix, so like the whole pumps, world it? is watching Didn't it. Didn't it do quite well? Yeah, overseas? it was like no, I'm going to make shit up, but it was like That's number one around the world on Netflix. <laughs> I think I no, I did. It won an it did Emmy. Do well. it, it did. It did, well. did it won an Emmy. It won an international Emmy. It's got season two coming. Fucking oath. I'm hoping that I get the call to play did like maybe like a student teacher. Like okay. I'm not going to say that I'm talented enough to go a whole. 12 episodes I, I think you, you could, you could run the sex ed classes I could run the sex ed you classes I, mean? I thought you were going to be like you were going to try and maybe get a like a, a high school role I was like listen I don't know let's be real you are talented but I don't know whether you're going to be able to play like a 16 year old 16 year old I could be a substitute teacher yes I could be I could go in as Shane to be the substitute teacher and then like at the plot they see you out one like, night and they're like wait a minute yeah <laughs> what's going on there so I'm just pitching that to yeah no that's fine Please. And um, we, look, I mean, we're not actors by trade, but we'll... But you'll be in it too. Fucking oath. Well, just like, maybe, well, I will say extras. this. I have done some extras work. Tell I've me. Done, where? Uh, home and Away. Home and Away extras work. Uh, I was also in a Quantasad in the background. I was also in, there's a, about the lawyer. It was a little bit controversial. Rake? Rake. You were in Rake? I was in Rake as an extra as well. Oh, it's a TV show. He also was um, an Easter Bunny at a Westfield Mall. Yes, I was. Part of my extras work. Well, listen, if they dangle 50 bucks in front of a uni student 50 bucks an, hour, an hour. I was a mouse at a Westfield. You You were a mouse. It's not a bunny, but in Cinderella. I was seven, but. That's all right. I was a mouse. I played George of the Jungle once. In a, at a Westfield? No, it was just a school play, uh-huh. but like, you get it. You can't sit with us. No, but like, I've, tr- you know, I've tread the boards before, you know, I'm a <laughs> stage guy. So, um, <laughs> hang on, I got oh, to that. We were talking about the sex map. Yeah, sorry. Yes, back to uh, yeah, sex, sex map. map. We're all over the map. We are, but that's fine. That's what Where it's about. We? The sex map, though, is like, it's, I thought, who, shout the fuck out to whoever made it. Who that. did it? What absolute psychopath who I respect Slash greatly, legend. Slash legend made that, but also like, you kind of got to have a lot of inside knowledge there. Because there was a lot of rumoured. 
Well, was, but it did say rumoured yes, as well. It which is say, important. Yes, it is. Ethical journalism. That's exactly yes. right. Um, but it was kind of just, it was, I just remember, and yeah, I guess like a lot of like my lesbian friends were like, oh my God, have you seen the sex map? And they thought it was legendary. Yeah. But I can see that like two straight blokes talking about a sex map when this football team were slaying the competition. It wasn't the most important like part it of it at distracted. that time. Yeah, yeah, it was distracting. Although it was... An unbelievable map, and that's sort of like it was, it was just what, another. Touch it was one of those on unique situations where it's like, I'd love to talk about this because this thing's fucking great. Yeah, we got girls that they're putting in serious work. Serious who need work. to be celebrated. And, and and again, I think the biggest contributors were Australian women. Yeah, like the biggest. That's why that, well, there was a couple of English girls, but maybe the, one American, there was mo- but mainly Australians. We may not have won the World Cup, but we did win the sex map. Oh, we won the sex yeah, map. Absolutely. I know we should have been celebrated, absolutely. particularly when we got bundled out in the semis. I think that's when we should. That's have, when we should have maybe devoted to the sex map. But again, but that's one of those things where, like, you know, we're not quite sure, right? We're not. What happened? I was not here. I think it was in the US when the the Matildas were like climbing up the charts and like something like. 14,000 Australians watched – sorry, 14 million, million yeah. or 11 million. I think it was like, 11 million. It's like watched, the most watched event. I think it was the most watched ever. Ever. Yeah. Tell in, front me, of, in front of Cathy Freeman. How did it happen? How did it like – like because there was this whole conversation before then of like women's sports and like, oh, well, they're just not interesting. Maybe if more people cared mm. about women's sports, they'd get more funding and that mm. sort of narrative. But then all of a sudden the Matildas – just got to the semis and everybody went wild. I think it's a it's like a mixture of things where it's like uh, event sort of status. You know, like you know, if it's a big it's a big deal. Like so, the men's soccer World Cup is probably the biggest, it most is, watched event in the is, world, right? Is that yeah, first so? Thing. There's that prestige that people understand from that event, and the women's is uh, so like you kind of it's carried over, and the women's event is still big, but. It's and an, growing, it's getting massive. It's an event that Australians look at and go, like the men's event is an event we look at where we go like, we're lucky to make the fucking finals mm. in a World Cup and we know we're never really going to win it. So to have a women's team that actually could, it was in Australia and we've got one of the best players in the world, Sam Kerr, mm. like literally second best. And then we were doing well. It just seemed like it was a perfect, the perfect uh, storm for it all to go well. And then also... Two games that were just fucking insane. Like that penalty shootout one against... France. France that we won. And then the one where we got knocked out, but Sam Kerr hits like one of the most absurd goals you've ever seen. Like it was beat, actually we, really cool. Yeah. It was really cool. I think, cool. yeah, all those things, it being at home certainly helped. But mm. like, I think more than anything with sport that a lot of people forget is that it's it's narrative. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily... The like example I'll use is uh, tennis. So, like, one of the biggest uh, tennis stars of all time, Serena Williams, is female, right? Obviously. The tennis as a sport has a luxury of being able to, like, combine competition. So, like, men's games and women's games are, like, mm. saddled up against each other. Mm. And you can build narrative off the back of, a, of each, like, the men and the women. Mm. So, then people just invested more in the narrative than the sport. I think that's true of all sports, to mm. be honest. Like, if you Swimming can, at the Olympics, like... Swimming at the Olympics, like mm. Susie O'Neill, like, most... Like everyone knows exactly the fuck that is. Kathy Freeman at the Olympics, like she. Our two, big, our two most watched events are female events. Mm. Most of them. Well, most of our biggest stars in Australia are uh, female. But it's it's about the sport and the way it's sort of like uh, portrayed to the people. I think is like a big part of it. 
I'll so use female golf, for example, which is standalone and it just doesn't get the coverage. So it doesn't get the narrative. You can't build it up and like sell a story. Mm. Do you I, think that the, the success of the Matildas has now opened people's eyes? Because like I remember there was that conversation maybe a year or two ago about people saying – people, dickheads – saying like, oh, well, if the if – more people. If women's sport was interesting, then there'd be more sponsorship dollars or whatever. Mm. And now, like the Matildas, have captured the attention of the nation mm. and uh, and shown that people can be excited about women's sport mm. and that it's deserving of that attention and that money. And like going forward, mm. I mean, surely the, the the women's football soccer will be huge. You I'd would, say like it's it's context dependent again. The women's football absolutely and they you would assume will see like a massive benefit off the back of that success. But I think that there is a reasonable argument to be made about like not every female sport should be getting the same amount of money as the men's equivalent just because that is what maybe is deemed as equitable and fair like with the greatest respect women's AFL it's great they've got a competition and having a competition is the first step on the path towards like whether it's pay parity or at least like a, being able to make a reasonable career out of it but like the quality of it is just so far away that it the you any the success of anything sort of dictates how much you're getting paid right mm. so i think that there's still that element of like what defines quality in like well, like, the NFL? like skill, the skill, the the exemplification of skill in the sport. So like your but ability it, to execute the skills in the game to a level, but it, that no, to would a, be it, not to not to like a not to a men's equivalent level. I don't no. think, but to like a reasonable level is how I'd think about it. But I think like so the big problem that the AFLW ran into is that they expanded their competition too way too quickly. Mm-hmm. So right now the women's rugby league league has eight teams and they're kind of slowly building that up the women's afl league has every men's team has a female team equivalent and so you know the grassroots is obviously growing but the skill level isn't there for it's not equal some teams are way better than other teams you've got to create those pathways to develop the the, which which i think as well like one of the things with women's sport and why i think the matildas went so well is because less so than the men's version of the sport the focus isn't as much on like like competitiveness obviously is always in sport but in men's sport it's like oh you want to be the best and women's sport uh in the leagues in australia at least it's so much about inclusion it's about you know uh inspiring the next generation and building it up like women's cricket you know the real focus is on like uh catering to like younger audience and like getting kids into it in the aflw where they had I can't remember their name but the first non-binary player from the hawks who came out and it's just kind of it's really focusing on building it up as a whole rather than men's sport, which is so competitive of, I want to be better than you. It's kind mm. of uplifting. Everybody I agree like. with that, but I don't like, I think that that's true. And that's one of the, the, the positives of uh, women's sport, but like no one would give a shit about the Matildas respectfully if they were, if they were awful. Yeah. Well, like, that's, that's why, the reality. That's right? why like, no one you, gives a shit. You about have to Australian, Australian which is why no one knows the men's team. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause we're not good. Cause they're not good. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like I don't know. So it's a meritocracy. Well, in in Australia, around sport at least, you've got to be you've got good at it. You know what's interesting? Sport, basically all of them were invented by men, based on men's strengths and skills. Yes. So it'd be interesting. I've heard this before. If you invented sports that were 
for the skills of women because, mm. like, obviously, like, AFL, it's, like, about strength and force and how all high can jump, how far you can kick yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Whereas if it was, like, about endurance or other factors that maybe favour the genetics and biology of mm. women, we would see different sports and different Well, interestingly results. enough, I think the second best and getting close to the first best ultramarathon runner on the planet is a female. Mm. Because like at that at those like Extremes. like exaggerated distances like the women are better than strength men at that. just just aren't there. Mm. It's more about like your, your mental resilience. Mm. Would sports like uh, gymnastics? Do you think qualify to that degree? Well, you know the weird thing is gymnastics in women's gymnastics. There's all these like flowy dancey elements, and men just do the thing, <laughs> flip around. Yeah, like yeah the yeah. women or have like to use like use the bars and like yeah, hold on for dear. So life. they should either make men prance the, around yeah. or cut it from women so like on a floor routine for men they just have to do the tumble Mm. yeah and women have to like put pretty bits bits in the middle i've actually never thought about that yeah yeah and it's kind of so interesting because it's like half the routine yeah for women for women yeah whereas for men they just go that's so true i hadn't thought of that either like keep it pretty ladies i've never noticed that They've yeah. got to like dance around. They've got music where they've got a ribbon. And they've well, got the the, ball. Do the men have the ribbon? Do the men have no, the ribbon? No. no. The women, I think, the women just have the ball and the ribbon, mm. and then the men don't. They just don't even have. They don't. They don't have a ball or a ribbon. They're also the most jacked humans you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, Gym but also short. Humans. Yeah, you kind of want to be, don't you? If you got to do all that yeah. fucking. But when you see them on telly, they're proportionate, but then they're and no disrespect to men who are five foot five. Short kings, but like <laughs> short kings. They're like jacked, but like pocket. Mm. Yes. I'd say pocket gays, but they're not gays, but pocket pocket, pocket kings. Pocket kings. Pocket yeah. short kings. Yeah. Um, is there anything else going on for you at the moment? Like anything coming up that, uh, that you know, people out there should know about before we... I'm uh, not at the moment. I'm looking forward to... I'm working on... I did have a podcast uh, called Brenda Call Me, which we did a few seasons of, and then my podcast partner and I... Ha- uh, she uh, didn't. They wanted us for like a whole another year. Yeah. But um, it was my podcast partner, Vanity, sort of didn't want to go that route. I'm a hustler from way back, so okay. I'll, I'll be there. I'll take the money. I'll do yeah. the thing. Didn't um, want to do it. So we have sort of like different, which I absolutely respect. And so now I'm working on a new podcast idea, which mm-hmm. doesn't have a title yet, title or anything yet. But so hopefully next it, year there'll be a new podcast from okay. me. Um, you might. Be called to repay this. Fucking oath. Yeah, absolutely. We'd guests. love to. We'd love to. Um, I'm working on a fiction book, um, which is which has been fun. So that's kind of boring for now because I'm just sitting at my laptop. Typing away. How do you writing. find that experience of trying to, you know? I like it. I wrote a non-fiction memoir, um, which came out in, what year in? 2023. Maybe it was like November 21. Um, and it's an Australian bestseller, which is lovely. Wow. Congratulations. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. That's great. Thank you. That must have been a trip. Yeah, it was really cool. Like I spent most of COVID lockdown writing a book about Mm. myself, um, which was a great COVID activity. I Mm. highly recommend it. Um, Mm. And now I'm working on a fiction story that is about an AFL player. Oh, okay. Someone a lot like me. And a woman. And so basically the relationship, it's a three-way relationship, sort of modern romance uh, novel. Not a romance novel, but like a fiction mm. about um, 
if basically like if I was like 23 in 2024 and um, and how that sort of all intertwined. So Interesting. got a lot of source material that uh, I'm referencing. Yeah, fuck, I bet you do. <laughs> and um, like messaging all of my straight identify my heteroflexible boyfriends yes. being like, do they have scrums in AFL? <laughs> Where do they park their cars? Is it in the Fox Studios parking lot or is there a special one? What do they wear to training? Do you have like uniforms? Do you just like Mufti Day? What yeah, is it? Right. A lot of research. A lot of research. What goes on on Mad Monday? What's Mad Monday? Oh, you don't know, Mad, that's like after the season when they all go fucking wild. Oh. Like well, I read a party after the season. Mm, I feel like that's when bad things happen to football players, yeah. isn't it? Exactly. Oh, it absolutely that's is. exactly when bad things yeah. happen. I read and a book about that ones. called Night Games that. Oh, okay. Well, there was like a true crime book about uh, some sexual assault cases. Which oh, Jesus. Don't want to tarnish no, people well, with all no, the same no, no, brushes. No, of course not. Of course. Hopefully Beautiful. in the past for football and they're yep. working their way to be better members better of society. Yeah. And, you know, more comfortable yeah. and, and open. Yeah. And consent. And Consent well, is sexy. Fucking yeah. earth. Consent yeah. is sexy. Yeah. 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 Absolutely right. We're, we're all for consent here. Yeah. Courtney, thank you very much for coming on. Thank this you for been, having this me. This has been a fantastic uh, chat. It's been really enjoyable. Appreciate your time. Anytime you would like us on your yet-to-be-named podcast, we're there. And also you're welcome back anytime if you need to promote any of the upcoming uh, things you got going on. Thank you. It's been an absolute delight. And now you've got two straight friends. There you there go. There you go. Beautiful. Oh, thanks, guys. Cheers. Loved it. Thank you. Goodbye, sport. <laughs> <laughs> could you two just not talk anymore?